Why is that? You're just like, you're like ready to go. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, and <laughs> do my back. You have lots of tattoos too. Yeah. Are, are all your tattoos black and white? No, I went half and half. Oh yeah, you have some color. Yeah. That's sick. I like that tradition. You know Okie Doke? No. Uh, on Dundas? No. Okay, yeah, they, got, they do like... Traditional style stuff. Cool stuff, yeah. yeah. Really cool yeah. shit. This woman named uh, Alex Snellgrove did that. That's cool. Oh, that's wicked. I like the lightning there too, like using that blank space. Zeus. That's fucking awesome. Tiger. Fucking yeah. that's my first one. I got this shit too. What do you got? I got I have I like got lots of whales. I fucking love whales. Got all you do this have a lot of whales. In Mexico. Oh dude. Yeah, that's my boy. You got that in Mexico? Yeah, I'm going to Mexico next week actually. Fuck. Dude. I'll get more stuff done by him. Dude, that's sick. Okay. I'm just gonna get the mic. So levels are great. Yeah. That Zeus is like next level. No kidding. Like, yeah, because that takes a few settings too, eh? No, I did it in one. Really? I don't know if I could do a few settings. I don't think I've had anything yet. Yeah, man. I'm with you on that. I don't know if I could do a few. Do you know what I mean? I don't even like it. I hate unfinished. I know. I just rather be finished and walk away and like, yeah, we'll do that. And then let the lines heal and then we'll come back in three weeks. Like, yeah, maybe in the long run, that's cool. But like, I would feel like, so like, ah, for three weeks, you're like, I just hate unfinished work, you know? How long have you been painting? Um, I've been painting like my whole life, right? But like in the past three or four years, especially like the past like two years, I just like started like, really grinding and taking it serious especially in the past like year and a half it's like that's where i'm like i'm officially like consider like a painter like i sell paintings and shit now so like yeah. that's cool and like they're getting pretty fucking next level it's nuts when you start to uh tap into what you can do yeah man big time <coughs> oh man i could not agree more with you about the stress and the life yeah but i'm there like i feel oh I'm, yeah it's gone like it's it's not gone now it's just right. like electric like i'm like yeah i i've been in this position the past like week with being so stressed and stuff that i'm like and this is such a stressful thought for me because it's not a calming thought where sometimes i'm like i'm getting so over i've never felt like overwhelmed but like literally like i'm like start getting into my head to a point where like i literally start being like yeah. like i have to like like, man, I'm, like, losing hair over it. No joke. I'm, like, this is fucking crazy. And I keep thinking sometimes. I'm, like, I wish I could just fast forward for two weeks because I'm in Stusha's zone. And then I just get scared because I'm, like, what if you fast forward in two weeks and it's worse? You know? So especially, like, if no one's, know. especially if no one's driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be, oh, God. Stress and the way it it. it manifests and shit in your life it's yeah. like crazy how one it, it is black and white yeah as annoying as it is it's black and white like it's literally like do you decide to stop yeah you know right it's it, it is and it's like i think even like what we were just talking about before and stuff where it's like you know like uh like the rock saying right like okay hey, stop being a little bitch and yeah. stuff i think probably the better way and i'm like just coming to this after you said that i've been thinking about that for like the past couple minutes i think the better way to describe it for me and like why I think I'm starting to like see the light again in the past two days is it's more like I'm so like in touch artistically and stuff. And I don't like to ever like lie to like with like, I like to like open my heart and give it out yeah. when I'm on stage and stand up. If I'm not feeling in a certain mood, I don't do that joke. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't like to ever <coughs> bullshit anything. If I have a joke where I'm angry, that joke only happens if I'm in, in an angry mood. I would never want to go on stage and be like, man, you know what really pisses me off when I'm feeling fantastic. I don't like to lie ever. And it's like, I like to just trust my gut and go with my gut. So when I'm going to the gym solid and I'm doing great for two, three months, it's because every day I'm like, now I'm going to go to the gym. Like my gut's telling me that I'm, like, I'm pumped to go to the gym. Yeah. But what I'm realizing now with stress is like, I need to like, sometimes just like, yo, you got to treat yourself like a robot for a week where it's like, I know you don't want to go to the gym, go to the gym. Oh yeah. I know you don't want to eat this healthy food. Do it like eat, like just literally treat yourself like like a baby, like a pet. Yeah. yeah like a pet. Like, sorry, that's, man. That's what the fucking, that's the difference maker, man. Yeah. Is like, trust me. I have researched how to get yourself out of this. Like, right. like I've, like I've, I've taught, I've taught myself it like it's a course. Right. I've right. been like, okay, I don't feel right. 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 How do I fix it? Right. Cause it, I wasn't always like this. I was a yeah. happy kid or I did this or yeah, sure. Yeah. I got bullied, but what happened? Yeah. And the other thing is too, like a big thing that's been stressing me out too for the past month is kind of like also like, um, like bad things could happen. You know what I mean? There's some like some shaky things that like some things could go wrong. And you never and thought like, about that shit before? No, there's like some things like there is some like things in my life oh, that like that could go th- wrong. there's some possibilities of like, you know, and I'm overanalyzing it. You know what I mean? But there's like this this thing could go down and like there's like some bad things, right? Okay. And um it's like almost like don't just sit there and wait though. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a possibility like, yo, that could fall through. Or like this might fuck up or blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, I guess I've found myself just building up such nerves about it. But it's like thinking about it's not solving anything. It's just like, even if like something bad is going to happen, like, man, you got to keep fucking powering through. How are you going to feel if the, if it doesn't happen, if it turns out good? Then you just start to realize like, you know what I mean? You get a chance. Almost. Yeah, yeah. These things are like, yeah, that's good. That's good. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, yeah. But then I realized too, that I'm like, I do that my entire life. Like, that's the thing is like, and I always lie to myself and it's like this thing, like, you know, like you'll have something coming up in like three weeks or something, let's say for an example. And then you'd be like, man, like, I don't know if I'm ready to do that or this, that, blah, blah, blah. And it's just the only thing on your mind. And then you're like, I hope I can blah, blah, blah. Or like that might not go well, or maybe this, that. And then I just kind of have in the back of my mind that I'm like, I can't focus on anything else. But if that goes well, it'll be a load off my shoulder and I'll be a new person. But when that thing does go well and there's that load off of your shoulder, it's within the next 24 hours, you find a new problem. And that's literally the fucking series that I find myself in that I'm like, I need to break. I always have this, like, I'm just about ready to get started on life once I take care of this. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And then I take care of that. And it's not about that at all. And then there's this new thing. Yes. Because I started like looking back and I was like, yeah, but what about when this was happening? And you were like, just make sure that's dealt with. What about this? Just make sure you've done that, whatever, you know? And then you do that. And it's just like, man, no, I'm just setting up barriers for myself. Yeah. You I know, ju- I just don't like something that I, yeah. I'm afraid to fail. Yeah. <coughs> well, like, 
I uh, I gotta welcome you to the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I didn't know. I'm like maybe you just you just don't do that. No, I, uh, <laughs> we just casually just, just slide happens. in. It yeah, just <laughs> but I was like, I didn't know if we were just gonna do a welcome or if we're just like we're just gonna go in and just be like talk about stress and anxiety. People are like, what the fuck is this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I uh, I find that that's happened every time. Like I like it when it starts with a conversation. That yeah, it's like welcome. Uh, yeah. This is don't be sorry with uh, Jordan Palachikio. Nice. You are Paul Thompson. I am Paul Thompson. I saw you right that down over there i didn't know what the podcast was called oh i was making i was trying to make a graphic today yeah so i thought you and your roommate were going through some shit or something no 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 no, no. that's literally how you, where my mind is right now bro i cannot think i'm in such a negative darkness right now that i saw that and i was I like am. yeah man i've been there <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were like writing letters to each other don't be sorry it's like but i am bro actually you know i wrote him a letter the other day that i told him uh i wrote him a good one i was like because he was upset and I was just like, dude, you're great. You know, oh, yeah? People love you. Nice. You know, you're loved. A handwritten letter. Yeah. It's nice, man. Because you yeah. can send nice texts to your friends, but that doesn't happen enough. But a nice little handwritten letter I, uh, has to be to your roommate, though. Because did you, like, leave it on the fridge or on his bed or on, something? On the toilet, right on the top. Like, that's cool, right? That's cool. But, like... I couldn't do that with you. No. If I wanted to send something nice, it would have to have been through a text because I can't run yeah. into you at a show and be like, oh, cool, man. Good running into you. And also, yo, I, I wrote this for you. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, what? No. <laughs> Open it up, man. I think you're great. Like, you'd be like, what? Let's go for pints soon. Let's go for like, pints. what is wrong? I, li I live in a <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? If I just handed you a letter. Well, you're Italian, right? Me? No. No. no? My sister's married to an you, Italian. You feel so Italian, though? Uh, yeah, well, I, I grew up with a lot of Italian friends. People always think I'm Italian. So luckily, my sister, like, married an Italian years ago. So, like, for Christmas. Luckily. Like, yeah, because, like, now, like, we always, like, you know, we're very close with their family. Like, our families are close. So, like, we always have big Italian dinners and stuff like that. So, Sick. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I happen to, my mom grew up in a very, like, Italian um, town, too. So, like, uh, she's like, yeah. We have an Italian influence, but I'm not. Yeah, you have the most like ragtag Italian vibe. Yeah, I know. I know. You're like a Rico. You're yeah. like you like come in and you And like even now, I still live with Italians. So like, yeah, like that's my. I know. I I'm more Italian than some Italians. I mean, I play Scopa like <laughs> several times a week and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? While waiting for the pasta to boil, like I live that life. That's you know? funny, man. Yeah. I think that uh, why I said that is because if you think I'm great and you're not going to see me, an Italian would make like some grand gesture, like you right. send a package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To my yeah. House. It's like a cake. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a nice cake. Yeah, a nice like uh, cannoli or something like that. <laughs> oh man, this. Oh, I had this lady. I used to live in like a. I don't know if it's a duplex, but it's like a semi. It's like a big house, but right. it's two houses. Do okay, you know what yeah. I mean? What would make a duplex? A duplex is two houses semi-detached or whatever? But I think they're just one floor. A oh. duplex, right? What's the... A bungalow is a one-floor house. Yeah. Right? And then a duplex would, would be, be two one-floor one houses? I think a, a one-floor house in a two-floor home. Oh, yeah. I think. So I'm not duplex, sure. yeah. And then the second floor is a second house. A second house. house. Yeah. Whereas we had like... The whole house, but it was but two houses. But then at what point do you stop calling it a duplex and call it an apartment when it's that three? Yeah, is it, why is it not a condo? Well, yeah, but then if there's three of them, is that like a triplex? 
And then when there's four, they're like, all right, it's just an apartment. Yeah, it was a triplex. We lived in a triplex, but there it was two triplexes attached to each other. Is that a word too? So then is there quadplexes? <sighs> we can you see what it. I'm saying? We can make one. When does it become an this, apartment? This is an apartment building. This is an apartment building. I think I think it becomes an apartment when each unit is designated as its own home. Right. But isn't that what a duplex would be each the two the two units are their own home. But this is a 26-plex, but no one's going to say 26-plex, so then somebody came up with apartment. But you know what would be? You, you could know? flex on so many people <laughs> with the amount of plexes you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a 38-plex. I live in a 38-plex, bro. Don't come at me, Don't, man. don't come at me. <laughs> Our building is at least twice. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. I have no idea, but we lived there. Yeah. And this lady made cannolis. Yeah. Beautiful cannolis, all handmade. Yeah. And I recently found out that she got... Uh, like a brain disease, like she has Alzheimer's. That's rough. Bro. And it's like, oh, aging. You know when you're getting yeah. older? And that's why that shit, when you're talking about caring about what bad stuff happens. Yeah. I think that's aging. Like, I feel that way sometimes as well. Yeah. And I think it's like bad. It's more aware of stuff. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah, shit does happen. Like, I'm not 18. But also, too, it's like, like there's there's the good and there's the bad. And it's like, I think maybe I just put too much focus on the bad because even when things are going really good i have a really good month bad things are still happening but i just approach them differently where like when a bunch of like when you're just so focused and things are going good and stuff like that and then you get bad news you can like be like all right it happens but like i still got to go to the gym but like right now i'm just like giving so much food to the bad things that if another bad thing happens i can't shake it off because i'm just like why is this happening to me the world is collapsing do you know what i mean yeah yeah but like, yeah, well then it's like you become a magnet. That's what I feel like right now that I'm like, I've gotten such into such a negative headspace and I'm like magnetic for bad things. Unfortunately, I, I believe in that. Do you know? Yeah. So I'm like ignoring good things. So like if I'm on the subway and I see people arguing, that's what I'm going to, my, that's what's going to catch my eye. And I'm going to be like, oh, Damn, people the, suck. Man. See, I've never thought of it like that, you know, but instead I could have just right beside me, there could have been a guy giving up his seat for an old lady. And I could be looking at that and being like, man, that's nice. I, instead, I'm just looking around. I'm just taking in all like, man, this city's fucked. Everybody's fucked. The world is going to end. You know, I think what you just said is brilliant. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. Cause when I saw, when I think about negativity, it's usually internal. Right. So I'm never thinking like, Oh, I'm never looking at arguments, but I'm doing it subconsciously. I never, right. I never thought of it subconsciously. And that's the thing too, that like, I have to like adjust my social media. It's so crazy, but it's like, man, it's it so has addicting. a tone, right? It's so addicting. And when you take a step back and it's like, I just go on, like I'm on Instagram so much and stuff. Doing what? Just literally, I realize it's like legitimately the same thing as like a cigarette, but like even a better way to put it is like, I don't really smoke cigarettes that much anymore. So like a cigarette generally like i don't like smoking cigarettes indoors so when i would smoke cigarettes like i would be like okay you know two three hours would pass and i'd be like okay i'm gonna have a cigarette you'd get up you'd go outside you'd have the cigarette right but i guess social media is more like this where like i like have the vape now sometimes like i just get nervous and i can just take like a one two little hit of like the vape the nicotine right but i can do that wherever because it's just vape yeah the social media i swear it's like what am i looking for but i think it's like literally now like it's like a nicotine like it's such a rush that now like 
I'm in a waiting room for five minutes. I'm about to do an audition. I'm nervous. And it's like, I'm not even taking it in. There's just something about scrolling through Instagram and this, that, and the possibility that maybe I will find a really funny post. Maybe I won't. But when I look at it and you look at like the majority, man, there's, there's, it's negative humor. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of like, the humor is more negative than it is positive. It's always like, just like that feeling when blah, 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 your ex, anybody, you know what I mean? It's always like. It There's is, a lot yeah. of negative, like a lot of videos of people fighting and then like all the six buds and stuff. It's not a lot of, if it's not a cool Toronto Raptors clip, it's always like this lady yelling at somebody in Brampton, in Brampton. You know what I mean? These people or like getting people in, being fucked in McDonald's. This exactly. <coughs> blah, blah, blah. Just people being fucking angry and shit. Yeah. Which when you watch that, that's how you start to picture the outside world, you know, which is going to build up an anxiety that if I'm watching four videos a day of, of people getting attacked and fighting in toronto i'm naturally not just going to be able to walk into popeyes and be like one sandwich you know what i mean because i'm yeah. like oh, i just watched three videos of people getting something thrown at their head in popeyes yeah you know what i mean you're like this city's fucked but it's like no it's not this is just what social media is putting a magnifying glass i would change that for sure man like i'm right now i feel the uh, social media is fun to me i've never enjoyed it i've never par- participated right but i'm participating like i'm commenting on stuff but you but you 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 watch it too, no? Um, I watch what I, I'm looking for things and ways to network. Like, do you have Instagram? Yeah. So do you don't, you don't browse Instagram every day? It's not that I'm not browsing. Like I, I have to, I comment on some stuff during the day mm-hmm. to uh, be included in what's happening on a certain level. Totally, totally. So I'm using it for networking. So it has a functionality. Like, oh yeah, like I'm I'll taking use it for in, all that. Yeah. But I'm, the content I'm taking in is based in that. So it's, it's, Right, you're not following meme pages and stuff. Oh, I follow meme pages because of Che. Because when I first started working with Che, I was never into. I've never followed a meme page ever. Right. And he's like, I was like, get me into the meme game. Yeah. Because it'll just expand uh, the things that. Yeah. Because people talk about them a lot. Yeah. The other thing is too is like, <coughs> I sometimes wonder too because I'm like, man, because every day you do see really funny memes and stuff. Oh yeah, and people are funny. So funny, and it's good to like, man. Not, it's like such a quick gut laugh. And it's so healthy for you to like laugh at stuff and that, but like, you got to go through a lot of trash too. But I sometimes think too now that like, cause you know, people send memes around and stuff. Like I have enough group chats and stuff. Oh, I'm like, like crazy. I could just not go on Instagram and people would still just send me like, man, you'd find this hilarious. People are still going to find it for me, but I still feel the need to like sit down for 40 minutes sometimes. Well, why don't you just contribute and then make your, and I do contribute now too. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'm like, I'm the one there for 40 minutes and then, oh man, that's hilarious. And I send it to my friends and I send it to a group and like, oh, that's hilarious. But there's still like, I had to go through a lot of trash to get there. But I'm saying is you, if you know how to edit once that bike, you get back on that bike. Yeah. Just fucking, I knew I need to start making the memes. Yeah, man. Not even memes. Just like, dude, your sketches. I'm sorry. We haven't brought this up. Look up. Uh, what, what would they look up to see? Uh, like the Trontopia sketches? Any of them, man. Like yeah, the, the lawyer or the fucking. Good, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what are they? Um, yeah, that was just like a series that we did. I did with Ryan Long. That's like, um, I guess we're like three seasons in now. And we just make little sketches for CBC. Yeah, CBC, Trontopia. There's yeah. like Brampton lawyer. It's like, oh my God. I love it. Did you see our Italian car show one? No. You haven't seen that? I'll check it out. It's like, I play in Italian. Exactly. So it's exactly what you said. But it's like, yeah, suburban car plaza car shows. I think you would search. <coughs> and um, yeah, suburban plaza car shows. Man, the lawyer and the fucking doctor. Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. I never laughed so hard, man. Thank you. And fucking those, just all those videos are so funny. 
Yeah, man. I like acting a lot. That's actually like the past month I've had like one of my biggest acting months. Yeah. I acted a lot when I was young. Did you? But yeah, and I've been trying to get at it and stuff. But like, I've never, I see you at auditions and stuff. I just, just over the summer, this is the first summer I got into it. I've been doing auditions for like three years now. I've probably done over like 700 commercial auditions. I've never booked one. What? Never booked one. You've never booked a commercial. I've never booked a commercial. And I get like to the point, like I would literally just be like, maybe it's not for me and give up. But the annoying thing is like, I'll, I'll have like three callbacks for a Tim Hortons commercial where they're like, all right, we're down to the final three. That's happened 15 to 20 times in the past three years where I'm like, okay, this time I'm actually going to get this. And like, you can feel that you're killing it and you're like, I'm perfect for this character. I'm about to get this RBC commercial. And then nah, I've been put on hold too. make sure you hold on to this date. I am uh, shocked that you, but then I booked TV and film stuff. So that's cool. But just, I still also kind of want to be in a commercial. Because, like... Well, it's quick money. It's fun. Like, I got to actually act. I like being in TV and film. But, like, I'm not in huge movies or, like, big TV shows. Scarborough Doctor. Yeah, Scarborough Doctor. And Scarborough Lawyer is the funniest shit ever. Yeah, there's some there's some big ones. But the what? Suburban Car Plaza, I actually really, really like. I think you'll like that a lot. Suburban? Even if you went to, like, that top thing, I think he put them all into that uh, as a playlist. That's it right there. For the last 15 years, me and the boys have been at this plaza every single Friday night, rain or shine, showing off our disgusting lawns. Yo, Jeremy. <laughs> I think it's sort of like a Fast and Furious cosplay situation, I guess. Myself, so dirty, you guys. Import cars, import parts, import models. All of these guys are perfect. For cars. In Durham. He's so great in this. Buddy, what are you new here? We've been running this plaza for 15 years. If you're not going to leave, I'm going to have to call the cops. You tell them what? We've been putting on a free car show. You're welcome, Durham. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Durham. Hear me say La Familia. <laughs> my grandfather's a plaza dweller. My dad's a plaza dweller. He checked your oil. This is generational plaza dweller. 
closet dwelling. When my next landscaping check comes in, I might do a footprint gas pedal. I got a new seatbelt cover coming in. Pretty excited. <laughs> Shout out to the Plaza Boys, you know? <laughs> the shots of the Plaza Boys. <laughs> the Plaza Boys. That shit's funny. What's up, Brampton? Good town in the house. Yeah, that one I found, people found really relatable. Everybody knows a guy like... Oh, you know, man. And no matter where you're from, you see the Plaza Dwellers. Like, I grew up around all, all, a lot of those people. Where did you grow up? Sault Ste. Marie. Right. Yeah, and it's everywhere. They have that, right? Are oh, you... Dude, uh, everyone had, like, lifted trucks or, like, uh, yeah. they would buy, like, a $500 car and they would... Uh, yeah. Like, my cousin would do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And Tim Hortons always, too, right? Oh, yeah. Always Just Tim loud, like, yeah. T-Pain. And that's it. They have their coffee and they're just sitting there with oh, their cars. Oh, they're like, fucking shit. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah. It's so A lot funny. of bikes, too. Yeah, the bike boys too. Not a lot of customization on the bikes, but they would just be there. They're just the bike boys. Intimidation. No need to customize. Yeah, they don't even need to get coffee. Shreds. It's not even, it's <laughs> not even it. loitering. Yeah. It's okay for them to do it. Are you uh, are you 100% Italian, both parents? Yeah, everyone's Italian. Right, right. right. I think only recently, like this crop of, of people in my family have married outside of the... Uh, yeah, like Italian, uh, that's the one like background that if somebody's 20 percent italian they're just italian I, yeah. people love to be italian like they love it yeah. you know but like there's so many times they're like somebody will just like it's their whole thing and there's like a fuck bro i'm italian you know what i mean you think, I, you think i'm gonna let you in my house and not give you food you yeah, know what i mean yeah. it's their excuse for everything they're like buddy that's a sandwich you're gonna go to subway you should look at my fridge yeah. italians love telling you what they have like mortadello <laughs> prosciutto and then it comes out where it's like so, you know, your mom knows that. She's Italian, right? No, my mom's Scottish. Oh, so your dad's Italian. My dad's grandma's Italian. You're like, oh, oh. but you have Madonna over every door frame. Better believe it, buddy. <laughs> I love her. Like, what? I love the always, like, uh, when you're eating, like, mid-chew. Yeah. Like, I, I, made, I made this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I made that. Yeah, yeah. You like it? It's you like good? It? Is it good? Like, more. right beside you. Yeah. They're like, yeah, did you like this? Yeah, I've been to Italy. Have you been to Italy? No. Yeah, it's amazing. I bet, man. Yeah, it's incredible. I love Where'd it. Where'd you go in Italy? I just went to Rome because I wanted to go to the Vatican. So I went, but I really want to go back and go to uh, Florence just for art. You're drawn to the art, eh? I love, oh, it's like my number one thing, man. That's why I want to go to Florence. It's like my number one place. Like if I could go probably right now, it'd be Florence, but I also want to go to Paris. And again, just to see the Louvre. Yeah. Like I really have no more interest in like the city or whatever i'm sure it'd be cool that's cool but i literally just want to go see like mona lisa and did you like go to an art school or anything like that no but i take like life drawing classes now and i took art in high school and stuff it's just inherent but i mean i study art like insane amounts right because it's like nothing i could literally nothing interests me more so i just always read about art and watch documentaries about art and uh and i just paint and like you know, I, maybe I could learn some things in art school, but at the same time too, like there's a lot of artists, and I might even be one of them that like, you know, they speak pretty poorly about art school. Which art's a weird thing like that. I'm kind of like a believer of that too. Like even in, as far as like I'm not just talking about just like visual arts. Like there's something about teaching art that like, the only thing you can teach is like, just keep doing it. You and find it's good it. to have like somebody force you and keep you productive. That's what a school is good for. But like. Even like there's a uh, director and a playwright and a writer, David Mamet. Have you ever heard of David M- David Mamet? No. David David Mamet. David Mamet. He's done like big things, um, but he also writes a lot of books about acting, and he hates like theater school. 
he's super big about like yeah. theater school will destroy you as an actor and I stuff. Bet. And it's like, yeah, he has a book called True or False, and it's like so good about that'll change the way you view acting. His whole like attitude's just like, you know, you go to theater school and there's so much about like this character, you have to feel the pain, you have to this, where he's just like, no, it's a job and a pretty easy job, you know? So this whole like, you have to spend two weeks getting into the mind of this character and like this, he's like, you're, you're being ridiculous. Like you're being so dramatic, you know? It's like, if you have to walk in, you need to be angry, learn how to act angry. Yeah. Your job is to act, go act. You don't need to get caught up in like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. Yeah. Who the person is. Who the person is. Like, yeah, you can learn background stories and stuff, but he's like, realistically, like high level actors that do this regularly as a job aren't getting obsessed with every role they're doing or they're going to go insane and have multiple personalities, you know? Yeah. You got to learn how to just be an actor. It's like know? anything, man. It's like, you got to be able to facilitate what yeah. the job is. So I feel like even just like with like, yeah, art school might be cool, but more like maybe art school, like, you could like, I could have gotten better quicker. Well, the reason I ask is because you were, you've been into it for so long. Yeah. So it's like, when there's people like that, it's usually that they went to, you know, yeah. a high profile thing. But I was bad for a long, long time. Well, fuck. That's, you know? I think that's And maybe I could have gotten better because like, they would say things. But it's at just painting stuff, for, specifically? At painting specifically. Okay. But I... Uh, now, just from just reading about other artists, just on your Instagram, yeah, yeah, can I see it? Yeah, yeah. You, I'll, I'll, I'll show you like other paintings too that I have, yeah. On my <laughs> but like now, I've just started to learn, but it's like I've just learned it myself, where like I'll paint somebody's face and then I start to like just from my own eyes, learning with not having a teacher, being like, oh, and now I start like looking at the outside world where I'm like seeing like that's why a shadow hits that side but doesn't hit that side, and starting to understand things through my own eyes, yeah. So as I'm painting now. It's clear, like, you know what I mean? People in art school, they have this perfect style, but it's like, at least my stuff will look different because I've learned in my own way, you know? I taught myself. But, like, I just painted a picture of my dad and my nephew. That one right there. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And you just taught yourself how to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Did Dude, you know I... Of, of Natish and... No, show me. I... And I made the border out of backwoods too. That was my first time like making like a frame. <laughs> that is sick. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Takes a long time though. To oh, make how long? Stuff. Like, like this one would have been like 50 hours, 60 Jesus. hours type thing. Yeah. Wow. Just like three hours every day, kind of just cracking away at it. And you loved it. I love it. I love it, honestly. Yeah. Dude, I, just, I love like, that. I haven't painted for like almost two weeks now two three weeks and it's brutal i shouldn't have taken that long of a pause but i'll paint tonight for sure and stuff and every time i just have to remind myself because i get it like like i said like i get into these zones of negativity and it's the biggest block because i start to think which goes against exactly what i was just saying with like that david mamet point of view where it's like relax dude you're an actor do your job is that's why i probably haven't painted in the past three weeks because i've been so stressed out and negative and depressed that I'm like, I can't put that energy into a painting and this and that. We're like, shut up, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a painting. Paint. Paint. You're not putting negative energy into a painting. And if for some odd reason when you finish that, it's like you can tell, cool. That's a reflection on that time in your life. You should be painting then in all mindsets. 
you might also be able to manipulate that like uh, therapeutically. Well, so totally. If you're like, okay, I feel this way about painting. I don't want to paint. You exactly. could be like, oh, I'll get this out. I'll paint it out of me. Exactly. That's what I started realizing even yesterday that I was like, okay, because like I'm painting a picture of like my sister and like my niece right now. And I just want it to be really nice and stuff like that. So I just keep being like, ah, I'm just not in that mind state. But then maybe it's like, yeah, okay, then maybe get a negative painting. You know what I mean? Paint a fucking guy yeah. crying and thinking he'll never be a famous comedian. Yeah, he'll never make it. <laughs> in a bathtub. That's so interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so interesting that we're all in the back of our minds like, fuck. That's literally all it is. And you know what? It's like, I say like, this year's been difficult, but like, it's like, it is what it is. But just mentally, I haven't been in a good place. But I think a big part of it is like, I turned 30. And that's where, like, I think I was giving age too much attention. So when I'm 28 and I'm 29, I'm kind of like, you're only 28. You're only 29. You know, when I feel down about myself. But now all year, it's like, you're like 30, you're 30 dude, dude. and you're doing nothing, you know? Because it's just like, man, yeah, why am I not farther ahead, you know? But, man, it's hard. Why? What do you want? To be famous. Legitimately. Like, that's, I, I, I. What do you do to make that happen? Just keep working and keep grinding, you know? And, and No, I mean, is, like, what do you do to make that happen? What do I do? Yeah, like... To make th that I get famous. No, just like, what do you put in your life every day that you're like, okay, I see this thing. I see me there. Oh, man. What I do you do to make that happen? Well, like, as far as, like, the visualization goes, which I don't know if it's healthy or if it is, I think it's healthy in the long run, but I do also realize that it's like, this has been, like, when I listen to music... It's like, that's all I'm doing every day for like years. Now yeah. it's like, it's now been like 15 years that every day for several, like every day, so much. When I listen to music, I can't even just listen to music now. I have to like, it's almost selfish, but like when I listen to a song, I visualize it as like, yeah, I could picture walking out to a big theater and this song is playing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I can picture this song playing in a scene and I'm in a movie. But I'm saying I mean? beyond visualization, I mean, like, physically, what do you do to make that happen? Well, I work then, right? So I go to shows and that's it. The only way you can feel calm about, like, it's I take steps forward. Yeah. So I do a show almost every night. And if I don't do a show, then I paint or I write. You know, I wear a lot of hats, which, like, that's the other thing. So I'm like... If I was just focusing on stand-up for the past 10 years, perhaps I'd be farther. But, yeah, you know, I'm you writing around. TV shows, I'm acting and stuff like that. And slowly but surely, they're all coming together, you know? Because I didn't just go, okay, I just need to focus on just Well, you're very story. talented. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're very talented. Yeah. I was in a, a Western last week. Yeah? That was, like, my first time. Which is, like, a big, like, visualization thing because I have visualized a lot being, like, man... It's kind of like spooky, but like, that's where I'm like, okay, that was a positive, most positive thing that's happened to me almost all year Yeah, was like, I have thought about that a lot. Like imagine just being in a serious movie and like getting to ride a horse and stuff. And like I said, all of these auditions never booked a commercial, nothing booked a movie a month ago, no audition, no my, way. My agent's like, yeah, there's this movie. And I was like, there's no, there's gotta be a catch. And it's like, it's this, uh, blah, blah, blah. They want you in it. Okay. And then she's like, hold and blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, okay, you officially got offered the role. And then I'm like, okay, so it's got to be a little movie. And then I'm like looking it up and it's like, no, this guy's like a big Canadian director. I start seeing the list. I know like actors that I'm working with and I'm like, what? 
And then all of a sudden it's like, dude, that's amazing. You're going to be on a horse. So I got to like meet with horse wranglers and stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, this is crazy. Dude, that's so funny. Cause the last guy I had on the podcast literally was in a movie with horse, Austin Alexander. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Was it that movie? No, no, oh, no. Okay. It was a different he, one. He was Cause there was another horses. actor that's in Toronto. So it might've been him, yeah. but no. Um, dude, that's amazing. Maybe he was in that movie too, but where was it filmed? We were the, f- the scene that we did with the horses was like near Hamilton, like Rockton, Ontario, or something yeah. like that. It's pretty crazy. What was your man. role? I was like, uh, so the movie was like about like five girls in like a brothel. I think they're the main characters, but I uh, in the opening scene come up with like two other cowboys and we come into like the brothel and stuff. And you know what's crazy too? That's awesome. Was why they offered it to me. She's like, they seen you and other stuff in that, and I think they just saw me. She was like, they saw like a demo or something like that, which is just Scarborough doctor. Oh man. So I think they just saw Scarborough doctor or lawyer, which is comedic. But then we're just like, nah, I think this guy can pull it off. Cause yeah. like, I was like, then I must not have lines. And then there was lines and they're like serious lines. And I was like, I know I can do this, but why did they know that I can do this? Something just worked out here. Did you ask them? I didn't, I, I even like, no, I didn't even ask. I was just like, I, cause I thought it was like a mistake, but I was like, but no, I'm going to kill it. Dude, that's amazing that they saw what you know you can do. Yeah, and it was just crazy that it was like that I got that opportunity, and I don't know why. Fuck yeah, you did. What's what's the movie called? It's called Bordello. And when's it come out? I think in like the next year. I'll show you. Bordello, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. They're in like Spain right now shooting a bunch of it. Um, I'll show you like the coolest. Like, look at this. Isn't that crazy? Jesus. Just on a horse. What's that like? Was that the first time? No, I've ridden horses before, like through trails or whatever. And like occasionally went like horseback riding when I was like young, just wow. like going through trails and stuff. And I always liked it. I like being on horses and stuff this time around. And like I said, I'm like in the past past year, but especially like past month, like just extremely anxiety through the roof and stuff. And then pressure of like, like I'm saying, like, I need to be able to prove this is like, I don't even know why I got this opportunity. So if I fuck this up, it'll never happen again. Kind of in my mind, like I need to prove this. And then just like, it's so scary sometimes that like you have these dreams for so long that you almost get scared of them in the sense that like, I've been wanting this for like eight years and all of a sudden it's like, here's your chance. And then you're just like, you should just be happy. Like I've worked for eight years for this moment, but then all of a sudden when it comes, you're like, it's just a part of it. What if I fuck it up because well, you know how that. badly you've wanted it for eight years so then you get like this but you might fuck it up right and then it's like i'll never forgive myself if i do because i've known for eight years man you'd be so good at that and then wh- when you get your chance something happens and it's like to me it's like that's not me it's like the anxiety would take over and i become something that i'm not you know and then it's just for the rest of your life you have to look back on like i had that opportunity but i panicked See, but my friend was talking about this because he, uh, I asked him for some acting advice. He, act, right. he was acting and stuff. He lived mm-hmm. in New York and <clears throat> I've talked about him a couple of times and he, you know, he talks about exactly what you just said, that opportunity yeah. that comes mm-hmm. and you know, uh, the failure sometimes is crushing, Yeah, but it's like, it honestly doesn't matter, man. Yeah. Cause I sometimes wonder too, what's the best way to look at this then in my mind? You know, like I got to do, uh, I got to do just for laughs like two years ago yeah, and do like a TV, like a taping with Kevin Hart. And it's like, again, like this is the real deal. Like they're going to take you down to Montreal. You're going to be in a fucking huge room. You get to do it. And like, 
That's what you're working for your whole stand-up career. And the weeks leading up to it, I was like, what do I do? Like, what's the prop? And I still don't know the answer, but I'm like, I kept going in a mind state back and forth from like, do I tell my mind, like, this isn't that big of a deal. It's 10 minutes. One day you're going to do an hour. You know what I mean? Relax. And then, but then I'm, I'm not enjoying it fully if I'm just like, eh, whatever, it's not a big deal. And I'm not yeah. being truthful to myself because it is a big deal to me. So I'm like going back and forth to like, no, this is a big deal. You should enjoy it. But then you start getting nervous because like, this is a big deal. So I just kept going back and forth in a mind state of like, it's not that big of a deal to like, it is a big deal. This is cool. You know, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, man. You know, and I'm like, I find with like every opportunity I get with anything that I just have to find this balance between those two things because it's important to still enjoy it. You don't want to convince your mind so much that like, it's not a big deal, whatever. And then just do it. And then it passes and you go like, I didn't get to fully enjoy it because I was playing it off. For me, what you just described is how I have personally always felt that I've used anxiety. I've used right. it as this like gauge for things. Because really what it is too, it's like, people say it a lot, but it's like anxiety really is like misplaced excitement, right? Kind of, you're like, okay, do I do this or do this? And like, which version of me, you're almost so self-aware as an artist, you're like, which version of me is going to deliver the most opportunity here? Yeah. But then you realize like, Maybe my analytical mindset, and I'm personally realizing this just recently, mm -hmm. isn't needed here. Totally, yeah. Like, you got it. Yeah, just like, I know. be the you that got you there. Yep, that's what I'm realizing too. Like, it's, um, that's been helping me a lot. Like, even with like podcasts, for example, right? Like, this is like where I'm like, it's a coach. That's like, I'm starting to view anxiety as like a coach that like, He's cool. He's going to be there no matter what and stuff like that. But it's not needed right before. Because sometimes I'll like do a podcast where it's just like, yeah, we're just sitting and we're just talking. And when a podcast gets going, I know that I can talk. And I'm never like at the end of a podcast, like, why did I say that or anything? I'm always like, yeah, that was good. I'm happy with it. Yeah. But there was times before where like five minutes leading up, you're just so in your head. And it's like, then that's not actually you where you're like, should I say this? And should I say that? And should I not say this? And should I not? And it's just like, you can tell. That's why, like, I think it's important to like do a lot of podcasts too, because you can tell when somebody's just done a podcast for the first time. And it's just like, why do you sound like that? Yeah. Oh yeah. For People sure. like listening to like, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes maybe something we say for like a minute is just like, that's boring, whatever. But then like the gems are going to come out if we're literally just talking, like we're having a conversation. But if I listen to like years ago when I first started doing podcasts, you know, it's just the, the, you can hear the moment when you have to introduce yourself when people are like, and I'm here with Paul Thompson. You're like, what's what's going on everybody you know what i mean it's just like you know hey, hey guys, what's going so, on everybody hey hey, hey 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 and like just like you can tell when sometimes you listen to a podcast you're like oh this guy doesn't do a lot of podcasts because yeah. you sound like you're on e-talk you know a podcast isn't that where you're like oh so you paint a lot and i was like yeah yeah and i was talking we were like showing up the instagram versus like uh, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, painting's always been a big part of my life, um, and I really enjoy it. Uh, I think it's, I think it's really cool, and uh, I've, <laughs> I, I have a lot of fun, and uh, I definitely look forward to um, continuing on doing it and seeing what I create. Yeah, you know, and it's like, why are you talking like that right <laughs> now, dude? Why are you talking like you just got off the ice with the Oilers? Everyone's listening to you there and going like, oh, does does he know he's gay? Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun and uh, yeah. And I look forward to more of it.
Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's not how you have a conversation. Sometimes comedians do that where they're like, uh, where they'll lower the mic. Yeah. They'll like do a joke and then they'll lower the mic and like look around at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, man, that's incredibly distracting. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I don't want you to be waiting. Or anticipating the punchline. Yeah, you, that yeah, becomes very yeah. obvious. You can see a lot of people say um, ums and stuff. That's like the big ums. Sometimes you're like, why does this guy keep saying um? If you notice that somebody keeps saying the same thing, and like I know this is about myself. That's why I had to stop. For me, it was like, you know what I'm saying, I think. But sometimes you'll see people with this like thing, and you'll be like, why does that guy keep saying that? And the answer is they say that whenever they're anticipating laughter. Interesting. And I swear, now that I've said it, you'll start noticing it because sometimes you'll watch a comedian. I've, like, uh, oh, this happened, and uh, um, and I guess that's why she's not my girlfriend anymore. Um, but there's a, they say it because they've practiced this in their head, anticipating laughter. See, I, well, I, I, I heard some stuff of mine that I saw. I was like, why am I saying that so much? Yeah. But I, I wasn't aware of what you just. I said. bet you, ninety percent of the time, I'm right on that. Because with the silence. Uh, and that's what's good about vapor and weed lounges. Right. Once you get comfortable with the silence, like once you realize, because uh, I just had this thing that happened to me recently over the weekend. I'm, right. I'm doing verbatim as a story, as a joke. And right. it just is funny. Yeah. And I'm realizing the me in there is what makes it funny. Totally. And I got, and I have to avoid concentrating on the like, oh my God, like I transcribe it and like take out the fat. Right. It's like, let yourself be the comedian you've practiced yeah. with this thing. Yeah. And don't be afraid if it doesn't go exactly how it Well, it's also too, it's just like the attitude of like, you just have to trust yourself that like you're funny. That's why you're doing yeah. this. That's why you're there. And if they don't like you, then they don't like you. But don't ever soup anything up for anybody. Don't ever change anything for everybody. And it's more like the way I stopped doing that and stopped ever showing like those pauses and stuff is like I approached it in a way because I did stand up in England for a few months, right? It's like, I don't like British stand up. I don't really like British humor, you know? And like my parents would show me British humor growing up. My, my grandpa was super British and stuff. I never liked it. And still to this day, I don't like a lot of it. But the one thing that like Canadians do well and that British people we do well, and it's like you'll see that a lot in the Torontopia and stuff, is it's dry my stand-up would be in a sense dry and people wouldn't think dry means what dry means it's like not dry as in like i'm uh monotone or anything i'm high energy with my stand-up but everything i'm saying it's almost surprising to me my character on stage is yeah. almost surprised that like i'm not saying this to make you laugh i'm never coming up and being like oh man guys the craziest thing happened or like isn't this nuts i'm more just like going up and i'm like yeah this happened and that and as it gets laughs you're like okay like whatever is that is that funny this is just me do you know yes which is like how yeah you got to tell stories and, that, and, stuff. and then this is okay i used to watch just as a preface i used to watch inside the actor studio all the time when yeah I was how in, good man in university man holy man, fuck when i was in college same deal i'd watch I it i called them i was like hey how do you go there and, yeah and they were just like you can't come nyu <laughs> it was so crazy and did you ever see that clip it's so good um, Louis C.K. and Bradley Cooper. I saw the Bradley Cooper uh, where the whole episode, I, I, I don't remember Louis C.K. Check CK. this out. Check. Bradley Cooper did an episode? Yeah. Of, I didn't of, know uh, that. Of uh, Inside the Actor's Studio. Dude, check this out. Because he also just, asked Robert De Niro a question years, years before. That's the thing. Or no, he asked Sean Penn a question. Yeah, he asked him of something very specific. Right? So check this out. This is so funny because like Louis like 
does kind of make a point, but it's just such a coincidence. You can YouTube it. There's a clip. So one time on a podcast years ago, it's like 10 years ago, or on a radio station on like Opie and Anthony, Louis CK was talking. They started talking about inside the actor's studio. And he goes, my favorite thing about these shows is like, you just always see these like bums at the end. Oh, we're going to ask some questions to these future actors and blah, blah, blah. Right. And they're like, and you just see them and they're like, this guy has to ask Sean Penn a question yeah. about being a thespian and his acting. And they're like, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, every single person in this audience is like watching Sean Penn being like, yeah, I want to ask Sean Penn a question. So I'm ready for when I'm there. And he's like, the answer is you're not going to be there. You guys are film students. None of you guys are going to be in Academy Award winning films. Why are you asking Sean Penn these questions? Like, I was very interested it literally cuts to a clip of Bradley Cooper. Hey, I'm a second year film student asking Sean Penn a question and then cuts to them in whatever the movie was where it's an them Academy together. Award winning movie. And he's like pretending that Louis is sucking his dick and he's like humping his face. And Louis has like the fucking <laughs> lower status character and Bradley Cooper is like the main character and stuff. And it's like, yeah, Bradley Cooper actually went on to be a yeah, sick actor. It. So in that scenario specifically, you were wrong. Yeah. You know? And it just happened to be Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Like, I agree with what Louis is saying, but I'm like, man, you never know. That's the whole point. You never know. And I, I forget what my point was going to be about watching that show, but I used to watch that all the time and think about how to unlock your, oh, yeah, that's what it was, your potential as an artist. Right. Um, and then really valuing creativity. Mm -hmm. As a comedian, I think what I'm discovering is that, like, yeah, you still have to swing the axe and cut the wood. Yeah. But you also need to be a per the person you are who just happens to be creative. Like, yeah. In whatever way it is. That's what I'm saying. Because I always say that, and I know it sounds bad, but I'm like, I do know, but it's not my main thing. Like, I've fallen in love and always been in love with the art of everything, but it's always important to maintain that that's your number one focus is that I just love doing what I love to do. I just love making people laugh. But that's almost a negative thing to me when people are like, I just love making people laugh. I'm like, I love making people laugh, but I more, I think the healthiest way as a comedian is if you just love making people laugh, then that's just an ego thing. Cause then you can do one good special and you'll see this a lot with comedians and, and they're like, they got to that point and they blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but then you'll never have another good special because if that's what you loved, well, sorry for your next special, you're going to have to start doing new material again. And you're not always going to be making people laugh at first for that process. So like you need to be more in love with the process than making people laugh. Yes. That's what I realized. Yes. Because if I'm just in love with like going to shows and smashing all the time, then I'm always just going to do the same material. You need to start getting in love with the process of like, man, I have this idea and then doing it and it doesn't work. And then three nights later, trying it again four times in a row and that third night it does work. That's what you have to be in love with. And it being excited about the movie that you're in. Exactly. To me, that makes you a better comedian. Totally. Where you're right. like, where you're like dialed into your life. You're like, Oh, I do. This is what I do. Yeah. I fail a lot. Uh huh. And people don't wear that as much. You're like, <clears throat> Oh, I do yeah. like, I do like 40 auditions already. I only just started acting in like, uh, july or whatever yeah and uh, you're like oh yeah you fail a lot you're like always yeah. failing pretty much but if you really focus on your life as a grand scheme yeah you enjoy when things do come into your life well then there's also a good point so like there's a really really good book it's really really easy for anybody like literally especially creative types but for anybody and it's called um the war of art have you the read that no by stephen pressfield i can send you the pdf 
Oh, I know, yeah, I know I we it. probably shouldn't be sending PDFs, but whatever. It's the, 2019. You, put, the, you paid for it. The yeah, PDF, you paid for it. Yeah, the ebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it'll be so easy for you to read. Literally, like, I'm telling you, you'll read this in a week. Man, there's some good, he has such good points about, like, just productivity and stuff. And, like, he, like, literally, oh, man, it's, it's, everybody that's ever read this book is always, like, dude, like, it's a, a big, book. big book you need to read. Like, guys like us, creative guys, you need to be reading it. And one thing that he said in the book that was so good was, like, so this guy, uh, he talks about his own life experience and you can apply it to whatever art, but he's like a screenwriter. And the first time he finally got to write a, a play or a, write a movie that got made that there was actors in and everything like that. And it, like there was a full director and a producer and it like got played and it was in theaters. It was in theaters for a week and then that was it. They had to take it out of theaters. It was the biggest bomb. And oh. He says he remembers reading an article that was like... Uh, that was like, you know, this is the worst film I've ever seen. And this guy, I hope he never writes again. So he said he was in his office and uh, he was just like upset about it. And another writer came in and explained it. And this is exactly it. This is the answer to what I was saying too. When like you finally get those big moments you've wanted for eight years and you get scared of fucking it up. It's such a good point of view with that where he realizes he's like, basically you have to look at that like, oh man, yeah, you're mad that you failed because your movie didn't do well and stuff like that. But he's like, you're the guy on the field that's mad that you didn't catch the ball. Yes. And it's much better to be the guy in the game that's wow. mad that I didn't catch the ball than the guy in the stands thinking I could have done that because you're just in the stands. Whether you won or you lost, at least you're in the game. The whole point was to get into the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So whether you're that's winning or losing, you're in the NBA. Yeah. That's part one. You're in the NBA. You get to play another game. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get another chance. So that's it. And they and not only are you in the NBA, <clears throat> they want you to be in the NBA. That's it. So this book's like very good. And that's really, like I said, with like the D David Mamet and with this and with all things, it really is like you got to pull, you, you put your heart into everything you do artistically and this and that. But productivity wise, it's like you can't put your heart into that. You just yeah. got to also remind yourself at the end of the day that it's just like, you have to just do it. If you want to paint, you got to just paint. If you want to act, you got to just do it. You know, you got to take your emotions out of it. Like there's like a good quote by um, Stephen King. Take your emotions out of it. I, I've, I've right? said that. I believe in that entirely. Right. Where it's like George R. R. Martin, you know, the guy who wrote like Game of Thrones and yep. stuff like that. Um, so him and Stephen King we're talking and George R. R. Martin, I guess is like notorious for being really bad with productivity, right? Sometimes he just writes for months and sometimes he just gets stuck for years or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Stephen King is notorious for like just so many banging up books. Right. And, uh, George R. R. Martin's like, so, but don't you wait for inspiration before you start writing? And he's like, of course I do. I need to be inspired before I write. And then he goes, so then how do you stay inspired so much? He goes, oh, well, I'm lucky. Just my inspiration makes sure to hit me Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 5. <laughs> Basically saying like, dude, yeah, sit down and write. Sit down and write. You know, that's it. That's your job. And it's a hard thing. Yeah, you man. Basically, you basically said to the world, this is what I do all the time. I can do this all the time. Yeah. I can do this at a functional rate where I can produce it like clockwork. Yeah. And it's a, it's a weird thing too because like, there is some stuff that you can love, but like I do a, a lot of different creative avenues, but I'm like completely aware of like some of them you'll never enjoy doing. And there's like another good quote where it's like, I forget who said it, but they're like, I hate, I was like a famous writer. And they're like, I hate to write. I love to have written. 
Oh, wow. You know? That's really I hate writing, like sitting down and writing stand-up. I love killing sets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually do enjoy painting. That's like a thing where like the whole thing, but sometimes I don't want to get started. But especially with writing, like I've written a lot of scripts and stuff, but I'm not pumped to get home and dive yeah. into my script. Yeah. You got to sit down. But when I'm done the script, I'm so happy that I did that, that those thoughts came out on the page. Well, because love it. The, str the struggle also makes you appreciate it so much totally. more. You're like, oh, I, I fucking made that happen. Yeah. The loving writing is a blessing, sure. But it might not be the blessing that makes you... The blessing is you're creative. Yeah. That's the only blessing you need. And how you leverage it. That you have a muse, that you have angels who whisper great ideas into your ear, you know? And that's kind of like... That's what's so cool about that book, War of Art, right? He almost like does describe it as like these angels and gets kind of like spiritual. And I'm like, man, I see that. And it's so true. And it's just like, I start to view it as like, if you're depressed for like two weeks and stuff, like I'm saying, like I'm guilty of, that's why this is a good conversation. Cause I'm going to go on to be very productive after like getting all this. You got out. It out. And it's just so funny when you say it out loud where it's like, I'm saying this to you is like, this is stuff, but it's like, dude, sometimes you just need to hear it again. I just need to say it out loud to be like, yeah, man, but you haven't been following that for the past yeah. month. But it's almost like, but you know, yeah, it's almost like what is creativity and what are these, you know, where did Michelangelo get the David from? Where did, you know, Nirvana write this song from? Where did any of these great things come from? You know, and it's just like, we don't know, but it's essentially like there is like these like angels on your shoulder that have these great ideas that are ready to come out. You just need to be the vessel for it. So me sitting around for two weeks being like, I just don't want to put bad energy onto a canvas and stuff like that. They're like literally sitting like, dude. If you just do it, we got the rest, man. Yes. Because that's the craziest thing. That's why I started to love painting is like start getting, getting to the point where I just make sure you paint for five hours. And I would and I'd be like, I don't know if I can pull that off. And you just get into a zone. Then five hours later, you're like, I literally don't know how I did that. Like, I don't know. I can't even explain to you. Dude, I have a book over there uh, called Flow. Right. And it's on the flow state. And it talks exactly. exactly. That's how you got into it. You, you just tapped into it. You have to. I feel that about music. Totally. Like right? I taught myself uh, to play the guitar because mm -hmm. I heard this music in my head. And then when I got this keyboard and I was fucking around with the music, I literally, I'm not even fucking with you. Mm -hmm. I was like playing the thing and I heard and saw a song that I made or a bunch of songs that I made that are going to be played mm -hmm. on the billboards and they're going to be on the charts and they might even top it. Like, right. I actually saw it. I was like, Oh yeah. my God, we're third. And I was like, and like literally like I see the keyboard. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, we can make the music. Yeah. And it's like, we, I'm not thinking like we, there's like sounds in my head, like totally things. I, have. I just mean like we, whoever contributes to the overall me at the end of the day, exactly this conversation, getting out and doing stand up, right. People, we can make this happen because you, you are your art, which is like, okay, this might be like, cause that's it. The only thing you need to be blessed with is creativity. Yeah. You know, whether or not you're a creative person and that's the most important blessing, right? Some people are blessed in stand up. You see it all of the time. You see people who are blessed with a grinders attitude, with a great work ethic. And for six years, just like, man, this guy puts on his own shows and then he does this and he's so good at networking and he's so good at this and he is awful. Like, please 
for the love of God, stop doing stand-up. Yeah. There's some people, they're blessed with everything, but you can just see, and they know it too. It probably hurts so much that they're like, I'm doing everything everybody's doing. I do four shows a night. I write new material every day, but it's like, dude, you're just not creative. You're just not funny. There's just something. You know, the only reason why we need to learn this stuff is because we have these creative minds and they just need an outlet. So it's like, yeah, there's some people out there probably who have the best guitar songs in their mind. They just never sat down to learn guitar. Yeah, unfortunately, the barrier is the physicality of actually bringing it into the world. And you see it in China so much too because like they just have a different culture than us where they're like not told to like stand out. Creativity is not, a, being different and creativity is not applauded there, right? So like, these kids will learn piano from when they're four to this and they can play Tchaikovsky and like play everything just perfectly down to the T. But then it's like, what about your song? Like, huh? Like my friend taught in China and that was just like so interesting to me that like these kids are so skilled in everything. They speak English already in grade three and he was teaching them that and they did a creative writing class. There's 30 kids in the class. He was like, today you can write any story that you want. And he was like, okay. And after 10 minutes, literally, he didn't see anybody do anything. He was like, what's the problem? And they're all like, what do you mean? He's like, just write any story you want. And they're all like, they couldn't do it. we don't know what to do. Oh, wow. Where like here, kids would be like, my dad is a dog and my mom is a flower. Yeah. When my, you know, they, whatever, they'd have something, they can this. But these kids are like, we don't know what rules to follow. He's like, no rules. Just write whatever just write. you want. Do you remember the moment when you uh, realized that kids doing that shit and people doing that stuff? is what the magic is what do you mean when they're like my mom's a dog and my dad's a whale totally and you're like oh that's what i still do I, totally that's like i see my little nephew and i'm like oh man i'm just i'm doing what you're doing and you're a kid man and it's like maintaining yeah right not everybody can do it i think everybody should it's healthy to maintain a certain youthfulness He's silly as fuck but we legitimately and especially in comedy <laughs> I take that so seriously now that like, yeah, it's so good having nephews now and stuff. Cause like I can just like make little fart jokes and he dies laughing yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But like if I'm at a big dinner, right, let's say, and it's this big fancy dinner and somebody accidentally farts and everyone's like, but you know, we have to stay like it's a funeral or something like that. And I'm kind of laughing. Like if my parents or if anybody's like, that's really not cool that you laughed. It's like understandable, but like, Legitimately, that's a professional responsibility that I still find that funny. I'm a comedian. That is funny. It's literally part of my job that I need to make sure I always find somebody farting at a funeral funny. Yeah. If not, I'm out of touch with my professional career. Yeah. My job is to maintain this sense of like youthfulness or like immaturity or whatever you call it. Or you're like, you're, my Nana did this one time at a funeral and uh, I just kind of started laughing and I was getting my aunts and uncles to start laughing. It's, my Nana starts coughing and I tell a joke where she coughs, but she had this fucking, she has this cough that's yeah. just crazy. And she starts coughing in the funeral when the guy's saying the thing and the guy's not going to stop. Yeah. Like he's not going to stop for what is something he should stop for. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like she's right. not just going to cough one or two times here, buddy. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. coughing. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not laugh at this? It's so funny. Like if there's a dead person in here. <laughs> It's a different level of humor. Man. It's hilarious. Stuff happening. Those com comedy is so important for contrast too. That's really what it is. It's like, that's, it's hard to explain what comedy is or hard to ever try and find like the way that it works. You know, even music can be put down to sheet music and like kind of 
be explained through theory and stuff. Comedy is one of those things where it's like, we don't know. But one thing that like is pretty clear to view, it's like, there's just always contrast. Contrast is always one way that you can point out that like contrast just works. Yeah. Misdirection, make them think it's something and then an immediate contrast. And therefore like, yeah, anything slightly funny happening in a very serious like funeral or something like that. Oh, it's, it's tears. It's legitimately tears funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Inappropriate things happening in serious situations, like whether it's like serious lecture or whatever, it's like will always be Jojo Rabbit. I just saw that movie. I felt like they were doing that all over the place. Oh, really? I never seen it. Oh, it's uh, it's in theaters right now. It's oh, yeah? like a anti hate satire where a little kid is in like the German army and they're losing the war, right. and his uh, imaginary friend is Hitler. Oh, really? That's awesome. It's funny. Is Shia LaBeouf in that? No. Okay. True. Yeah. Yeah. That contrast is man so funny i've seen yeah or like even at church and stuff like that like you just feel it oh, and it's yeah. such a beautiful feeling it's such a beautiful like when you're at a funeral and you feel so dark and you're so sad and stuff and just something happens because even if it's someone close to you and stuff you don't like you're hurt and it just like even like as a comedian something can happen and you kind of ignore it like the coughing right and then it gets to a point where you're like your mind's like, no, this is really funny. And you're like, no, there's nothing funny about this. My friend is dead. Well, yeah, that's how you become the fucking. But then all of a sudden, like your mind uncle. just can't ignore it. And you feel your body just being like, no, we want to laugh. Yeah. It's such like a clearing. It's the most pure form of comedy where you're just like, I can't help it. And you like literally have to leave the room and laugh. And you're like, I'm laughing during my friend's funeral right yeah. now. But you're like, this is the most beautiful thing in the world. I, this is what they would want me to be doing. And it's also like you realizing like you're still alive. Yeah, that's true. Too. You know, I don't need to sit it's in a funeral over. and be dead inside for three hours and like just like sitting there and like crying and stuff like that. It's just like a reminder that like, yeah, you just laughed. It felt wonderful. You're still alive. Yeah. You still got plenty more laughs coming. You know, even in the contrast of uh, when you speak to contrast in those moments, contrast of your character on stage. Totally. Like, uh, you know, when you do that, this is a long time ago on YouTube. You have that video of you reading that. The thing. suicide note. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a lot of elements of contrast just in the tone. Yeah. Right. To how it's delivered. Yeah. Because when you get in the analytical, like with stand up where you're like transcribing and you're trying to cut the fat out. You almost lose the tone of stuff. So you have to right. get better at writing just things and then kind yeah. of build, you know, obviously you figure out your process, but you kind of build around it. Yeah. 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 It's weird too that contrast of on stage too. Like I feel I'm, I'm completely myself on stage, but the one thing that's different is like, like I say, like, you know, I have real bad anxiety, right? I get real anxious and before shows and stuff like that. But I admit whether I know it or not, I do know it's true. And I hear it from people and stuff like I'm lucky. We're like, even I will literally be shaking like re recently. Yeah. About to go on stage and like have to go to the bathroom and puke. And I'm like, I literally feel like a fucking loser. Like I'm like, I'm so nervous and I'll go on stage and I'll smash. And it's like, nobody would know the difference. That's the contrast that gets so hard to get used to because like there is sometimes where like I'll go on stage for like 25 minutes and I'm just so depressed and I'm so sad yeah. and I'll pull it off 
and I'll kill it. And then you get off and people are just like, man, yeah, that was sick. And you're like, thanks. Like, you should come party with us. And they start saying stuff and then they start clicking into like, you're not who you are on stage. Yeah. Like, you were a lot more fun on stage. You were like, yeah, no shit. Man, I want to go home and sit in darkness now. <laughs> I want to go edit. <laughs> like, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Paint for Can five I go hours? home and paint and listen to <laughs> classical music? Like, yeah. great, you know? Well, because there is that element of, um, like, you've had this. You ever worked in a restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are always, like, fascinated by the type of character that you are around people. People are, like, the totally. spark, right? They're like, oh, you're so yeah. like, you got, like, all these energy. yeah things about you that's one thing that you'll notice and it's like what helps with comedy is like that's like we were kind of talking about that a little bit before we started recording but like how like you know just like talking to people like a real person and stuff like that it's like yeah that's most important because like you can always tell when someone's like audience members do it a lot they always try and be funny to you because like yeah i was on stage for 45 minutes trying to be funny yeah but like dude that's my life yeah I much prefer an audience member rather than going up and being like, hey, you know what's funny? My grandma also used to go to like, and they say, you know what's funny, this? I'd rather someone coming up and just like, just talking to you, like not trying to be funny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let's just have, and if we just have a normal conversation, funny things will come out. We're funny people. But like, you can tell when a comedian's new because they're coming up and they're trying to be funny to you. Or you like, uh, somebody told me this once, this was when I was right in the smack dab in the middle of like jokes, jokes, jokes. Somebody's like, it feels like you're doing a lot of bits. Yeah. And it's like, well, that doesn't, that's not good. Yeah. You know, you don't want to feel like that. If I understand when you're a new comedian and you're hanging out with other comedians that you like and respect that you want to show them that you're funny, but it's just like, you'll do that on stage. Yeah. Cause you're going to push them away if you're trying to show them that off stage. Oh yeah. You know, it can happen off stage. But never force it. Never. If you're consciously thinking, I need to make these guys laugh, you're, you're already you already messed up. Yeah, the most valuable, I think, uh, I think being bullied, I look back on being bullied, is like the best thing. <laughs> most massive thing. Because you're like, oh, you just had to force yourself to be in these tougher situations all the time. Yeah. Uh, around people, so you had to communicate because that was the only thing you could really do. Yeah. I mean, it's where my anxiety and stuff comes from, but it's just like, you know, but it's also where my productivity comes from because like, I'm scared that I'm like, man, if I'm not painting cool pictures and doing awesome sets, I'm just going to get bullied again. <laughs> I'm like, this is the only thing that makes me cool. Yeah. So it's like literally driving me that I'm like, oh man, they're going to catch on. I think literally I thought that the other day that I was like, I don't think I've ever overcome bullying though. They're I've not. dealt with it, but I'm like, I do think still in the back of my mind that I'm like, I still hear my driver from grade sevens and grade eight that like, I've never been like, yeah, I'm a fucking sick comedian now. Yeah. They were wrong. I'm still just like, uh oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I made people think I'm cool, but I'm like more still listening to my bullies where I'm like, I know I'm a loser though, but. But you, know? you are cool. I think what I'm, what I realize now is the, the shit we do just lets people know who you are. Yeah. The forgetting about the delivery element where it's like, hey, this product, Jordan product that I've been uh, practicing forever, please buy it. Yeah. Whereas they can engage with you is different. Yeah. And that is like so relief. Like you feel so much relief there yeah. as a creative person. Mm -hmm. I put that in air quotes because there's a lot of different, uh, like it's a spectrum. Right. But the more people can engage with you, the better you get at engaging with them in whatever medium. Because right. then you become more them. 
Yeah, I know. Because you're totally. still the consumer. Yeah, totally. So yeah. You to, once you bring, like Johnny Depp could never make something. I always, I always talk about how Johnny Depp's fucking in like the yeah. hills and shit. I, he could never make something that we would be like, oh man, thanks Johnny Depp. Yeah, or like even when you think about it, like I can't see Johnny Depp having a podcast like this. No, he no even way. Talk. It would just smell like fucking cologne and like there'd be like dead, yeah. tons of wolves. Because Johnny Depp got skins. too caught up with being Johnny Depp. Yeah, like he you believes know? like you have to have 19 houses. He actually has like a crazy amount of homes. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I don't even think that level of fame exists anymore. Like Johnny Depp can do a two hour interview about acting on the actor's studio and I don't doubt it would be, but Johnny Depp can't do 50 episodes having a different no. friend every week no. at his house as a podcast. There's no possible way. He can do way. three episodes. He's probably got three friends. Yeah. And they're all going to kind of relate back to like. Yeah, that that restaurant's cool. They can't have conversations like this because no. this whole conversation is not us being like, you know, I, I, I guess I did talk about achievements and we said stuff, but we're more like, it's People. me and you picking each other's brains apart, being like, how do we get better? Yeah. And like me being like, no, you're pretty sick. You know what I mean? And being like, no, 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 no. But I sometimes worry about this. And it's like, yeah, man, me too. And it's like, you shouldn't though. You're sick. It's yeah. like, no, you're sick. You know what I mean? Johnny That's a conversation. Depp, Johnny Depp's reality. In Johnny Depp's world, we shouldn't know who Jeff Bezos is. He is right. Like he's like, well, that guy's got too much money. Why do people know his name? Like that's yeah, who yeah, Johnny yeah. Depp is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Johnny Depp doesn't like. I think Leonardo DiCaprio would like to be like that, but he just can't be. He can't be. Because he's too accessible. Right. Like Johnny's not accessible. Yeah. Even George Clooney's not really, Brad Pitt's not accessible. And they have, they've been trained to have answers. If Mm. you ask me like what my biggest like fear is, it's like, I could just wouldn't be scared of sounding selfish or whatever. I'd be like that. I'm not going to be famous. Like I said earlier, hundred percent, you know what I mean? Or like, fuck my girlfriend broke up with me and I don't think I'm ever going to find my soulmate again. This is what people really think. This is the conversations we can have. If you ask Leonardo DiCaprio what his biggest fear is, he'll be like, well, the fact that carbon emissions right now are like, you know what I mean? I'd be like, dude, shut give, the like, fuck up. Okay, we get it. You care about that. What actually scares you? Well, they come from that era where like just before they're getting on fucking Leno, yeah. someone's like, okay, don't mention this, don't mention this, don't mention And now that that doesn't exist, Brad Pitt's just like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Happy to be here. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, you know, there's things I care about and stuff like that, that this, but like, your actual fear. Yeah. Your actual, where are your actual emotions coming from? Yeah. Like, uh, I would love to know how fucking Di- DiCaprio feels like if his steak isn't cooked the way he likes it. That's what I mean. Yeah. And like, is, I mean, is he rude? Yeah. Like I'm legitimately this past week have been losing sleep over things that are happening in my life. That's crazy. real fear. And I'm like, I've been sleeping an hour a night cause I'm just tossing and turning and like having nightmares about like things are eating me alive. That's real fears. These are real emotions. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't toss and turn <laughs> and wake up and is like, ah, I got to call Greta. Yeah. What is going to happen? How dare they? How dare they? They shouldn't have come inside I, Greta. He's just like sweating and he's like, oh God. What if like, oh, what about the turtles? What about the fucking turtles, dude? Fuck, I'm on Ellen tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're not losing sleep over it, man. You know? I know it looks cool to be like you care for the universe. I care for like people. I care for Will the Will Smith feels like he loses sleep. Do you think he loses sleep well, over saw, like issues? Cause, yeah, because I saw <laughs> – this is where I'm getting this. I saw an Instagram clip of his wife. They're on Bad Boys 3, mm-hmm. and his wife is in this really nice car, and mm-hmm. she's like – she Jada's like into it. She likes it. Yeah. 
And he comes and gets her. He's like, no, 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 I've seen that look before. And then they walk away and it says the car is like 235,000. So it's that moment where it's like, you know, Will doesn't want to spend the money. Jada's done this before. He's probably bought her a nice car or whatever. Right, right, right. But like that moment made me think like Will's losing sleep over shit. If he's, if he is saying to his wife, you know, get out of the car, we're not going to buy it. Yeah. He's like, where the fuck is, is uh, mini me? Where's my son? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that's the stuff too. And I mean, that's that. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know if Leonardo DiCaprio has kids. Like, that's where yeah, it no gets one even knows. Real. Does again. he date? Who knows? You know what right? I mean? Isn't it weird who you know shit about and who you don't know shit about? Well, there's two, like, there's two ways to go about it. Like, what is Gosling? Yeah. Like, Will Smith, there's two ways. So there's people like, and I literally agree with both. And to be completely honest with you, if I was in that position, don't know which I would prefer. But there's two ways that you do it. So it's like, you either have your wife and you let everybody know about your wife and your kid. And you're like, Will Smith, man, he's been with his wife for 25 years yeah, and they yeah, have great yeah. kids. And like, he's a great guy or you're Leonardo DiCaprio and you make sure you keep that under wraps. And what he's doing is fucking several models all the time. Oh yeah. And both seem like super sick options. <laughs> so like, you know? Yeah. I think, I think, um, one produces one thing and the other produces the other kind totally. of totally like Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, in that scene in Django where he yeah. fucking cuts his hand. Yeah. 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 He didn't care. Cause he probably did that on some like fucking <laughs> Vegas suite yeah. months. Yeah. Years before. A, I don't know. But then like, yeah, they got to make sure that like you just, if you're, that's a, that's a wild life though. Well, it's a, I think it's not as wild anymore. I think the only wild part about it now is the element of like sexual to transmission. 2019. Yeah, like that part, but like the physicality and the drugs, like Leonardo's not going to OD on, you know what I mean? Who, whatever he's doing. Maybe, but maybe, probably but not. He's getting it like, okay. Do you think he does drugs still? I think he has a good time. I don't know what it is. Yeah. If he's fucking models, like models party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Models don't know what, like models aren't of real lives. Like right. few of them are like, I'm also a lawyer. Yeah. Well, there's like, yeah, I guess there's like two different levels. There's like, I've got to do some pretty cool shit, you know, in my career that people would be like, man, that's rock star shit. But it's also because like, you know, we wore all doing drugs and this and that. You know what yeah. I mean? And if I wasn't, I wouldn't have been allowed to be in those environments. It yeah, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been led to. No, no. Leo is so famous that he can literally have these wild nights and have orgies with models and be like, but also like, I don't drink. And yeah. I only eat oh, vegan yeah, food. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he also could be the guy who's like, uh, when he plays the role, he fucks as that guy. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm the guy from Shutter Island tonight. Yeah. Like and he's like, yeah, weekend. I was doing Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And people are like... Right, right, yeah, right. and they, they let the most <laughs> heinous things pass. He was doing Wolf of Wall Street, and then for like no reason, Matt Damon's just like, "Yeah, I don't know. We're trying. We're trying to get him, become, make him a better person." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, I don't know. And which one do you? I, I, I think like, about that though. The level, the, like uh, Dave Chappelle talks about that. Like uh, Dave Chappelle has a great balance with that. Right? What's your What's your number? Or whatever. My number? I don't know, but I just don't. What do you mean? What's your number? About money? Like what money? What money do you want that's too much where it changes you? Right. I just don't want to worry about this shit. Yeah. Like every decision when you're starting out and you're doing all this shit, like every decision is like... That's it. You just don't want to worry. I hear you. You're just setting you back. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I need these acting classes or, oh, I need this or I need to teach myself this. Because for me, I'm like, I've been getting by for years. For as long as like, I moved to Toronto when I was 18 to pursue acting, to pursue stand-up. And that entire time, I have been broke, right? How old are you now? I'm just turned 30. Oh, yeah, you're 30. Right? 12 years. And it's like, now, like, you know, I'm selling paintings and things get a little bit better. And I... It's weird because it's like, and I'm like, I wonder if this is like what life's like, but like, I still have never had savings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm making a bit more money now, but it's not like I'm still in the same place where I'm still panicking, but it's like, but I guess I live a bit more comfortably now. Or there's like little things that are different now than they were before. Or maybe I eat out more now and stuff, you know? So it's just like, I personally think that if I was like, given a million dollars i'd be like i'm good do you know what i mean but then (sighs) then you can start renting this and you can start renting that i like to think i would be like that but i would also i've also said this a lot but i feel like i would give a lot of money away to people that i to people that i uh i would just love to help a lot of people right because it's like money fucking sucks and if i have a lot of it Cause the only thing I need to do is to be able to do what I do at the high level. So Me if, I, too. if I had stupid money, I would just get the dumb version of all of the tech. And yeah, man, that's it. Like I'm like, I just want to make sure like, yeah, if I could get a place and I could have an art studio and I could have this, like, I just want supplies to create. Yeah. They're not going to fucking raise the rent all the time. Cause they know I got money totally. and shit. Just let me be a person, but I'm never going to be worried about getting three Ferraris. Keanu Reeves. We want to be Keanu Reeves. Right. He's like the model for good behavior. Right. Except he... When did that happen, by the way? He's obscure. When did that... The internet is in such power of people's opinions. Where it decided. And like, it literally will make up. And I'm like, I've even seen it in marketing, which is just so crazy that like, that has to be... Like, sometimes like an inside joke and a meme... Here's a good example. It's like somehow now there's like an inside joke that you see in memes that Chick-fil-A just has the best customer service. And like, did somebody that genius in marketing slide in? Because if your product can get an inside joke that's positive, that like, oh, there's just like, if it becomes a big meme that everybody knows Coke's better than Pepsi, the people will just take over. And just like, you know? Yeah. And then it just becomes this opinion. Because I'm like, when did that happen? That now there's so many memes and there's so many like, Keanu Reeves is just... 10 out of 10 guy. He's just the greatest guy in the world. And I'm like, this has kind of just been in the past year. And prior to that, I think the joke was just that he's just an airhead. What? Yeah. When is the like barometer change? And that changed in the past year and a half. What made that change? I think John Wick and the fact that he gave up his seat on the subway a couple times. Like it's literally that, right? And that he lives. Well, he's always been like a guy who just lives in a condo. Like he doesn't have a big mansion and shit. That's always kept him low key. Yeah. But like Jamie Foxx is also a good uh, good model. Like is he? I yeah I think he's a very nice man. I think Jamie Foxx is definitely. I mean I love Jamie Foxx. I think he's a nice guy. But Jamie Foxx also always tells stories about like Jamie Foxx loves to name drop. Oh yeah, that's, but that's the only. But you know what's cool? I him. want him to be that Jamie Foxx. Totally. I want you know what I mean. Like I would love to be around Jamie Foxx. And be like, hey man. Tell me a story about any time ever and tell me everybody who was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me their first and last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie Foxx is cool too because like when you get to like, I feel like, man, like he made Ray. Dude, he can make. Like he killed it so hard. His in that. Inside the Actor Studio. 
he talked about how his grandmother got him to do all these things like classical piano and play yeah. quarterback. And when it came time to his creative life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he had all these tools on his tool belt. I t- totally. And he talks about when he was in Friday Night Lights. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, we need, do you know how to play quarterback? He's like, yeah. Fucking, totally. Right. Do you know, can you, Ray, do you know how to play the piano? It's like, yeah. Right. Right. And I always... I always look at it like that and that's what I always like. So you're going to play a painter. It's like, yeah. Like, and it's just like how it started panning out for me and stuff too. Is like, I remember people saying that to me. I remember my guidance counselor saying that to me that I was like, I want to direct movies and I want to be an actor and I want to do stand up. And he's like, well, that's too many things. But then I remember like actual people in the industry when I started being like, you're wearing too many hats. You got to focus on one thing and being like, no. And it took me, much longer to get to where I am now, but like I'm happy with my skill as a stand-up. I'm happy with my skills as an actor. I'm happy with my skills as a painter. I'm happy with my skills. I have shows in development as a writer. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, I could have done those things sooner, but I never, and I never, I would always tell people that advice. Like, don't put any of your tools away. As far as creativity goes, if you play guitar, continue to play guitar continue to keep them all sharp because legitimately the other thing is too this is why i recommend to everybody to paint because this is the simple most purest form of art aside from drumming literally i'm like guaranteed the first two as this jar of art the first the way the plant grew the first two leaves that popped out of that seedling were drumming and painting that's probably the first two things that we saw artistically were like people making noises from like smacking things and, and starting to draw on walls. And these are the simplicity dirt. and dirt, you know, and dance and everything. And we all dance like, you know, and it's like, if you don't, and you have to remember too, it's like, you're starving. You need to feed the, the plant that you are as an artist. Never think, uh, you know, Oh, are you an artist as well? Yeah. I play guitar. Like don't, you're not giving your plant all the nutrients it needs. Because yeah. you know if you play guitar, then you're connected to something artistically. So you know that when you look at paintings, there's a piece of you that thinks like, I wonder what I would paint. I wonder this, that. So I tell everybody to paint. Because I'm like, me painting, I learned so much about all of these other things through painting. I yeah. learned so much about stand-up through painting. I learned oh so much God, about yeah. art through painting. So I always say you got to keep all of your tools in check. But the one thing I always say too is out of all of these tools that I have and stuff, stand up is the knife that dulls the quickest and is most important to keep sharp. Because if I don't paint for three weeks and I pull that knife back out, it still cuts. If I don't do stand up for three weeks, it's struggling to get through a carrot. Oh yeah. It's the most important knife to keep sharp. You really and just got to... It's like the crux for... Uh, stand-ups like our, our electricity right it is a, like if we were a type of uh, being that fights like in the ancient roman times yeah. our, our food is like yeah. stand-up comedy it's stand-up they're like ah, don't pure. let them tell the jokes they get strong right that wow thing. that's where we're at now you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah people yeah. trying to censor and trying like, like as a young comedian what's really cool is when you do well in front of people at work mm-hmm. and then they like start to get what you do it's the best, but such pressure. Yeah, then it changes a little bit. There's so much, because like, I need you to know that about me, you know? I haven't had a day job for so long, and then just started working a day job in the past year, and like, I really like who I work with. My boss is like legitimately like a cool guy who I respect, and like, I really like working for him. It was awesome for six months, and then just casually for like 
two weeks in advance. He was like, yo, I'm going to come to your guys' show um, in two weeks. Oh, that's cool. And like, I was thinking about it every day. Like it was a showcase for Just for Laughs because this is big. We get along. We've been getting along for six months. But if he sees me kill this show, I got to show him the Batman to my Bruce Wayne. 100%. And that's so important. And he'll always have that respect and stuff. But if I bomb, he just thinks that's what I've been up to. That's what I do, yeah. So if I have to tell him, oh, I can't work for two days because I'm going to do a comedy festival, he's going to be like, interesting. You know? Exactly. Versus, yeah, do it. You know? Yeah, you're good. You should go. Man, when people already have... Like an impression of you and haven't seen your stand up yet. Like, I want to make sure I kill it. Even, uh, even with that with comics, like when in the beginning, like depending on the barometer of the person, but right, uh, you know, sometimes people don't cleanse their palate on someone totally where they're like, Oh, yeah, you're gonna suck forever, or mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't like this one thing you said, you suck. Oh, yeah, man, and then no. it's just like, Wow, but what also is cool is like this is why you have to stay at it. It's like You'll always hear that in stand-up too. It's really weird, but like a lot of people who I'm good friends with, I didn't like at first because you judge so hard comedically and vice versa. I I'm I hear it the most about myself because like... That they didn't like you? Yeah, like you could tell like I'm, you know, like on stage I'm very silly, you know, and I, you know what I mean? But yeah. then I'm like a very deep person, you know what I mean? The way <laughs> yeah, that I, yeah, I yeah. talk and stuff. Yeah. And I like talking about art and stuff. So, like, people sometimes get, like, the wrong impression and stuff. And they also don't, like, like, Ryan Long, right, who, like, I do, like, the Trontopia with, didn't like me for, like, the first four <laughs> months because he was, like, why is this guy, like, what's he up to? Until somebody told him, they're, like, he's fucking around. He's fucking around with the audience. He's just joking because he's, like, he saw me, like, do something where I was just, like, if I was in jail or something, like, you know what I mean? And it was, like, he's being silly. Yeah. Like, that's not who he is. That's the whole thing. He's making fun, you know, and it's like, oh, Oh. but sometimes people are like, you know, I make statuses or I say something in a story and people are like, why is this guy always? It's like, I'm making fun of that. Yes. You know, there's a humor to this. This is not really me in real life. You know what I mean? If I make a story and I'm in the shower and like there's water and I'm like, hey, guys, I got a show tonight and I'm like winking at the camera and stuff. And people are like, that guy's a douchebag. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm making fun of this. Trust me, he's making fun of that. Yes. And you might not think that's funny until you actually get to know who he is. Then you realize how much that's not him and, and why that funny, is so yeah. funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Dude, that type of shit. Like when you're that person, mm-hmm. you can run into that all the time. People will not like you a lot. Totally. They're like, oh, you, uh, there's too much going on there. Oh, man. They're like, oh, yeah, there's so many sides. Yeah. You know what's strange, too, though? You would think that with stand-up and with everything, and I'm just so aware of this now that, like, I would be, have a healthier outlook, but, like, I've known this since I was young, and I still know it now. I care. Yeah. I still really do care. We're sensitive. And I know that like I get roasted and I go to shows where people don't laugh and like I, there's things in my life that constantly make my skin thicker and I would like to think I have thicker skin than most as a comedian and as an artist, but I do know that like I really care what people think. Like I really do. For me personally, it wanes. It's like I find when it's moments where I feel very good about myself, I understand why who I care about their mm-hmm. thoughts matter versus yeah. like the broad spectrum. Right. Right. Where like, sometimes you get respect from people that you're just like, Oh, that's all I want from just that one person. Yeah. Versus I don't even know you, but you said something I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's very interesting about the, 
emotional creative process. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that to be like creative emotionally? Where do you decide enough is enough? You're like, do I, do I care this much about this? Totally. You're like, cause realistically, where are we going? Yeah. No, it's insecurities too. Like I'll think about if somebody who like, I know like doesn't like me or just seems to not like me rather than be being like, that's probably not right. I'm a cool guy. <laughs> I'm probably like, they're probably wrong. You know what I mean? I'm not like that. And I should have that confidence. But instead of, I think somebody doesn't like me, I'm just like, I don't think they like me. And then I'm more like defensive and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, well, we'll fuck this guy. And you're then. such a shitty you. Yeah. And you're, you're such like, a oh. shitty you. And you're like, and I can kind of see why he wouldn't like me, but still. And everything you lighten do. Lighten up, dude. And everything you do, like projects onto that situation. Like 100%. you're with the bartender. You're like, hey, can I get a water? She's yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you're like, well. I don't know. Maybe if you hurried up and you're like never yeah, that person, yeah, and you're like, what is happening? Right <laughs> Who now? am I? Yeah. Cause this is what this guy already thinks and stuff like that. Or you're overly, Oh, this guy probably thinks I'm an asshole. So yeah, now you're oh, overly yeah. like, excuse me, if you did have a second and I do not want to be a bother, but uh, if you could just grab me a water and then they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And it's cause you're trying to prove that, you, you know what I mean? Not being yourself just sucks. Yeah. Always. People smell it. it. Yeah. Everybody smells it. Yeah, Anytime it. someone's not being themselves, it's just fucking shitty. And what's weird too is like, even in comedy, we know some people who are like loud, savages, really vulgar people and stuff like that. And you know them and you get to know them and you're like, man, people might not like that guy, might not, but we like them because we know he's a good guy. You know what I mean? But it's like, because he's being himself, that's truly who he is. Yeah. He's that loud, he's that vulgar. Where if I came in and I was in a mood and I was that loud, that vulgar, people would be like, well, what, what was wrong with you last night? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. It just matters that you're being true to yourself. And that's why uh, people make such an argument for letting comedians talk about stuff that maybe you shouldn't talk about because sometimes you have to figure out who you aren't. Exactly. Like, sometimes people don't want to hear, like you can be dirty with certain people, right. but if you're a comedian and they go up to you, and be like, well, you're good looking. Don't talk about being good looking or you're fat. Don't talk about being in shape or yeah. like, don't do these kinds of jokes. Yeah. The tone's off. Like you don't seem like that kind of guy. Yeah. You have yeah, an accountant yeah. vibe. Tell me about that. Yeah. That's one thing too, that like that. I don't care what people think subject matter. That is so subjective that like you really can't pay attention to it. I did Sarnia on Saturday. It was a dinner and a show. They have an appetizer, a dinner, and then a dessert. And then we come and there's four of us. We do a show, right? Yeah. And uh, it's in like a nice like back room setting. And it's Sarnia. So it's like 80 white people above the age of 50. You know what I mean? And I was cleaner and started to manage to be like, actually, they might like dirtier stuff. And I got dirtier nearing the end. And the set went way better than I thought. And still. People will come up and be like, oh, a little raunchier than I thought, but that was actually really funny and like this, that. But then people will still always come up and be like, you should have gone dirtier. And you're like, oh, yeah, shut up. What are you talking? What I did on stage there was perfect. You know how much I have had to learn to read this audience to know just how dirty I could go. I know you think I could have gone dirtier. It would have bombed. Yeah. Believe me. Trust me is the one that has a comedic barometer. I went just as dirty as that audience would have liked. Maybe you, one person, would have liked dirtier. They wouldn't have. I read the audience, and I did what the audience would want. There's still going to be people who are like, Psh, wasn't this, wasn't that. And you're like, 
Shut up, man. You know, there's, what I mean? al- there's also likability. Like, you earn the ability in the set mm-hmm. to talk about things yeah. that they were open to. So it's like, yeah, you might not off the top be able to get all- away with it. Yeah. But they're like, well, we like you, Paul. What else you got? That's it. Man, for so long, I would do shows like that and struggle with them because I'm like, I have predominantly dirty material. I'll, I'll, if I look at my set, I might have two or three jokes, maybe not even, that are, I guess, down the middle clean. Everything else is literally about sex or drugs and is extremely dirty. That's all I really talk about in one form or another. And if I'm not, it takes a dark twist. It's just, that's it. It's what I find funny and it's, that's who I am. That's my hours of material are all dirty. It's all like that. Right. So for a while I'd like struggle where like, you don't want to turn down this gig, but people are like, it's in a ballroom. It's 200 people. It's a retirement party. And you're just like, and you kind of more approached it. Like this will be a funny story. How much I bomb. Do you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, I'm going to be dirty. They're going to hate me. But now I've started realizing that like I don't do that because the trick is you got to make them think it was their decision. So I do what I can that's clean to make them like me. I stay down the road clean and then there's a bunch of little tricks and you just maintain that the whole set. So then I'll be like, uh, if you want to do the simplest version of it, because I've gotten more complicated, but the most simple, if you ever go to a show and you think that you don't have enough clean material for it or that you're going to be too vulgar or it's too proper of an event. Here's what you do. Do what you can, even if you only have three minutes to make them like you do your cleanest, do what you think that room would like. And if you only have three minutes, you think that room would like, then you have to make it their decision. So then you're like, okay. And you make it seem that you're being slightly uncomfortable, but you're doing it for them where you're like, you know, usually I'm a dirtier comedian. So this is a struggle for me. This is my first time wearing a dress shirt on stage. It's not, but you say things like that. So like, okay, I respect that. They find humor in your struggle. And then you're like, okay, what do you guys want next? A dirty joke or a clean joke? I promise you 110% of the time, nobody is ever all going to yell out clean. Never. Never. If you ever ask them that question, somebody's going to be like dirty, the one guy, but that one guy, the audience, the audience just, the audience never thinks like he wants that. We don't. The second he yells dirty, everybody's on board where they're like, yeah, I guess so. Then you can do whatever. Cause it's like, you guys asked for this and you slowly build. And when it does start getting a little bit dirty and you see, maybe I'm getting too dirty. You kind of are like, I can't believe you guys. I, I want to go back to clean yeah. material. And you yeah. keep saying stuff like you're making me do it. You know what I mean? And that game that you play with the audience is just a killer. You know what I mean? We're like, okay, I can't believe I just said that. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to write an apology note. Like they love that. You know what I mean? You're like, I think I'll just go back to like clean. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Just always make them think it's their There's decision. these devices that you use, right? Oh, these man. Tools. These tricks of the trade are the funnest part about stand Especially like uh, sometimes riffs. Like... Right. Sometimes if you've roasted somebody, yeah, you'll use the same roast. Hundred percent. Like, uh, it just happens. Like the 100%. same kind of vein. It all functions in an umbrella. Yeah. You know that bum exists fucking everywhere. Oh, totally. You know, and he's that person all the over the place. It's just yeah. the Matrix, except totally. he's in fucking. Yeah, and don't even think too. Like the weirdest thing about stand up is like. It's just like so weird, but like when you go to certain places sometimes and it's like you're doing a hockey fundraiser in a town of a thousand people and stuff like that, dude, you don't need to do your best stuff. No. You can water it down. Yeah. Like sometimes people forget that and go up and they're like, this joke that they've written is so brilliant and so complicated. And you're like, yeah, 
Small town hockey people who have been drinking since 3 p.m. aren't going to appreciate your complicated writing. They they listen to Don Cherry every Saturday. So you can do a set there. Just smash. Yeah. Dude, your job is just to make people laugh. So if you go on stage and literally, yeah, reference like this guy in the front row looks like Don Cherry and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Where like if you were to do that at a club downtown here, people would be like, that's awful. That's this offensive. guy sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don should have been fired years ago. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, send him to Quebec. You know what I mean? <laughs> and people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But then like you do that, you know, we you know how these people's minds work. You, yeah. We've met everybody by now. Yeah. And we really take people's personalities in. So that's the trick that like I always do. If I go to a place and I go, okay, this isn't my audience, I think, who do I know and respect that's like this? And then I go, oh, yeah, my buddy. My buddy Steve grew up in a small town. My buddy Steve's exactly like these people here. What would I do in a conversation to make Steve, Steve laugh? Wow, good one. And you use that as the barometer. That's good. Right? And so many times, too, it's sometimes it's just your parents. Oh, yeah. Because you know, I might... My humor with you is going to be different than my humor with my parents. But my parents find me funny. I make my parents laugh. Not as hard. But yeah, yeah. I make them laugh a lot. But in a different way than I make my friends laugh. Yeah. Of course. We're separated 30 years in age. But I know when I'm hanging out with my parents and my parents' friends are there, I still like to get good laughs. But I change the things I would say. I alter it. Yeah. So sometimes you just look at the audience and you go, okay, so it's my parents' friends. So now I slip into that when I'm impressing my parents' friends. That's why that's why having the being personable and talking to people and having totally. a good time. It's like that's why that matters. That's exactly you to be able to talk to like a lot of different people. Yeah. Bartending and shit. Yeah. And that's not being fake either. No, you know? it's not. Some people are like, stay true to yourself. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, that's you don't. Tone. Like that's not true. Yeah, you're just you're just reading uh, the tone of the room. Yeah, personability like, is yourself. <laughs> I can't talk about my dick when there's like a 90 year old woman eating chicken wings. No kidding. You know exactly. I mean? She doesn't want it, and I don't want to do it. For sure. We're in a basement in Montreal at like 1 a.m. doing the dirty show. I 100% will go in detail talking about dick jokes and everything, and yeah. it's vulgar. You know what I mean? It's 6 p.m. and we're at a golf tournament. I'm going to change up my material some. And that's where the sophistication in stand-up comes. Because then there's like, you have a, you have this joke and you're like, oh, I got to practice this in front of the people that it might offend. Yeah. And then you're like sharpening this element of this exactly. bit. And it just makes it so much more just like strong. Like people yeah. are able to like, oh, we don't hate you, even though this is maybe an unlikable thing. Yeah. I respect that versatility, like so versatility so so much right like um like if i'm on the road with somebody and like i've just never seen them in a small town you know what i mean i'm with like keith pedro or something like that and like i'm like oh keith's a killer and like we always do shows but then i've never seen him for 40 people in this small town and like his first joke is like you know white people do things like this yeah. filipinos we would do and it's like i've never even heard that joke but it's killing and i know i'm like that is the hackiest thing i've ever heard i'm literally so impressed and like now I'm like, I took away that shame or now when I'm in a small town, like I love showing my friends or I'm like, you ever heard me do a joke about the Toronto Maple Leafs? And they're like, no way. I'm like, buddy, wait till you hear this opening too. But you, you know, know what though? It's like, it's the same thing as going into a bar and playing the wrong music. Totally. It's like, well, okay. 
and that's no, rude. Exactly. Yeah. It is rude. And you're a you're a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a nerd. You're such a dork to like that guy is such a dork that's in a car with five people and then they're like, Oh yeah, here, put on something on the ox cord. Yeah. And he's just like, cool. And he plays like Lamb of God and stuff. And everyone's just like, dude, why are we listening to the hardest metal? We're in line at fucking Yeah. McDonald's. And he's just like, well, whatever, you guys like shitty music. <laughs> Feel it out. What are yeah. you guys into? You know? That's the beginning. Because, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You're not being fake. It's oh. just, it's on my Spotify. So, like, put it this way. Like, I, yeah, looking at it like a Spotify playlist, that's such a perfect way. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're not going to fucking uh, go into, like, a metal bar and play fucking piano, right. man. So, if there's metal people and I'm in a metal bar, then I have to look at my Spotify and go and find my most yeah, relatable metal song. Yeah. And then if I start running out of those songs on my Spotify, we're just going to have to slowly go to hip hop, but they won't notice because I just didn't come in and just start playing Nas right away. I played a song where they're like, yeah, I like this song. Okay, yeah, I can get down with this song. And then we slowly go in because I'm running out of songs. But it's the, exactly the same way you read a crowd with the jokes you should do is the same way you read a car with what songs you should play when you have the ox chord. And this is making me think of uh, Sebastian Maniscalco's book. He yeah. talks about how, you know, he always did the same stuff, you know, in like no matter what the room was. Because when he was doing that right. stuff where he was uh, opening for Dice, Andrew Dice Clay, right. in the early 2000s, he's like, you know, it's not my crowd. But, you know, if you had time to talk to him and really ask him this question... Yes, you did the same material, but how you went about totally. delivering it was exactly that. It's like, well, tonight am I jazz or tonight am I, you know, I'm still saying, you know, my mom did this or totally. I'm shopping here. And those were some of his original bits. Yeah, because it's also not just the jokes that you do, too. It's also how you play them. Mike Rita said that once in a post. And he was like, uh, somebody asked, I did this joke and it did really well and it did it again and it didn't do well. What is it? And he's like, I hate that this is so simple, but delivery you know, the, the ability yeah, to deliver it. Mike Rita and I, that's our favorite thing ever. We, for hours, just love Speaking just of breaking Mike Rita. down <coughs> comedy, like, so much. We love it. So I have, uh, I have such an interesting little life with Mike. It's interesting. But, oh, yeah? Um, yeah, because the first time I ever was in Vapor Central, I was mm -hmm. going to college in George Brown. Yeah. And these guys were like, oh, you always talk about wanting to be a comedian. We go to this vapor bar. Yeah. And you should go. It's an open mic. On Sundays. So I go there and Reitz yeah. is fucking hosting. And this yeah. is way before I started doing stand-up. Yeah. But I just wanted to do it. So I yeah. go up to him. I was like, hey, man, can I get on the open mic? And he's like, I know you. And in that moment, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a comic one day because this guy knows me. Yeah. You know, like he thinks I'm one of the you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, have you ever done stand-up or whatever before? Long story short, uh, I went back and we talked. I asked for some advice. He was kind enough to give it to me. So I was like, yeah. hey, Reitz, do you want to do, because he was the first guy I booked for the Big Crow. Okay, yeah. I was like, do you want to do the podcast? He's like, I don't do podcasts, you fuck. And I was like, would you do it if I got Paul and Ro Chris to all do it? We could do all three. Yeah. He's like, maybe. Yeah, there's, do you know how many times Mike Rita says no to stuff and then people go, what if I got Paul to come? And then he'll come just to like <laughs> hang out. He's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe Mike Rita is the most like, he like, yeah, he goes against everything that I'm saying about like, you need to have all tools and stuff. And I stand by that. And that's my school. And me and Reese know that and we get along. We're very close because of that. But like Reese is like, I don't need to fucking paint. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, and I'm not even going to think about it. Reese like refuses. We have the same agent and like the one that represents us for like TV and film. Like he's like, yeah, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do commercials. <laughs> and it's like, why wouldn't you? And he's like, I don't want to. Yeah. 
So he, he just, just doesn't, doesn't do it. It's like, I just want to be a comedian. Does he act at all? No. Why does he have an agent? <laughs> well, because we have another agent that represents oh, us for, for stand-up comedy, and yeah. stuff. And for writing, he does like a bit of writing and stuff. But like, yeah, he's like, I just want to be a comedian. He's so like, you know, where yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to have the tool of comedy. But I want to be an artist, you know? I think it's a little different. I think uh, a person in that school of thought, mm-hmm. that uh, way that that thinks, probably doesn't think someone that wants to have the tools can get as good. Oh, totally. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, I think, yeah, no, but I, it's just, he just knows. Like, he just doesn't want, he literally, but. Oh, him aside, he's, 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 read his. Yeah, but like, the other thing is too, like, I my life 24 seven is being eaten up by art and productivity. It's always, you should be doing something, you know? So if I'm like sitting and watching a movie, I literally have to be like taking in the acting, taking in the writing, taking in the directing, (laughs) taking this all in. I don't enjoy anything in life ever unless I am creating, unless we are being productive. I am like, I'm tripping out. You know what I mean? That's why I can't smoke as much weed as reeds. <laughs> but reeds can smoke weed and watch the Leafs game. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And truly enjoy the Leafs game. Yeah, where, yeah. like, I could not just sit and smoke weed and watch the Leafs game for two hours. I'd be like, I need to be drawing. I think you'll find, your, you'll find your balance. Yeah. I think family help would help in that. If I was to have a kid or something like oh, that, yeah, which, you, like... You want to dive in there? No. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no. When the time is right, <laughs> when the time is right, okay. When I plan but, it and it makes sense. Yeah, if I was to have a kid, when the time is right and stuff like that, that that like, that's where you take a step back and learn to like legitimately. Even when I've been in a serious relationship, and like that's one thing like I miss about like living with a girl and being in a serious relationship is like being able to enjoy a movie and just like shut it off and like we're gonna watch a movie tonight and just be like just hanging out with this person that I love yeah. watching a movie. But like now when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, what am I? I'm so uncomfortable. I'm like, I should not be doing this right now. Someone's like policing you who's not there. Yeah. Like I'm like, I need to like, I should be doing something productive. I should not just be watching a movie, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, man? If you want to let that go, I think you will. Yep. But honestly, it's up to you. And because again... That's the anxiety as a driver. You're like, you yeah. know what? I'm, I've put into my life this thing that's always like, hey, are we doing that thing we, we yeah. feel we're not achieving? Well, there's also two. It's like I can enjoy a movie if I've worked extremely hard all day. Yeah. If I had to wake up to be on set at 8 a.m. and straight from there. I went home and I painted for three hours and then I had to go to a meeting for writing and I was in the writer's room for three hours and then I went and I did a show and I come home and I'm exhausted. I can literally be like, watch a movie and just be like, you deserve this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if I haven't been like working my ass off, I'm just like, what are you doing, man? Which is so weird too, because then when you don't, this is the vicious circle, when you don't work your ass off. I feel depressed and down about that, which makes me not want to work as much because that starts setting up blocks because now you're like depressed and you're not, you know what I mean? Get anywhere. And which everybody's advice will be like, you just need a, a me night. You just need a night to relax and just watch a movie when like now I really can't do that because you know what I mean? Like, See, again, I believe the key and you said this earlier, mm-hmm. you got to enjoy the process, but also make the process enjoyable. 
Like exactly. It, it doesn't have to be okay. If they've been making tables like this forever and it fucking, I don't like this. I got to find a way to make tables. That's going to suit me. Cause I want to do I'm this all the time. Enjoy. Totally. Cause it's like, I'm realizing even in the way that I'm creating stuff, the traditional method to how it gets from point A to point B mm-hmm. isn't traditional. Yep. And the less anxiety you feel about that creates a more enjoyable process. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I'm fine with this. It's at my pace. It's true. It's very true. And that, uh, yeah, because there's so many different ways. Stand up is probably the most way, but we just don't talk about it a lot. That's why I like those conversations. Like, like we were saying and like what Reitz and I always talk about where it's just like, not about like people's styles or anything. It's about like, like when I was saying like, this is how you approach a room like that. It's like, this is just factual for anybody, whatever yeah. your style is, this will work. Cause that's, what's so cool is like, when you talk to people about stand up, it's like, we kind of do keep our processes such a secret cause it is so personal. It's just us with a microphone. So like when we write, we don't mind where we're like, yeah, I wake up and this is when I write. I like writing in this room. I like doing this before I write. We write, write in a group or whatever. But like stand up, it's like interesting when you talk to someone. They're like, oh, yeah, I use a pen and a pad. And people are like, oh, I don't write anything. Oh, I use my phone. Oh, I use this. Like we all have such weird ways. But at the end of the day, we all go up and we do seven minutes. We all have the, like our seven-minute product. But the way you get there, that's up to you. Whether you want to bring notes on stage. It's like such an old system. It's like at yeah. the end of the day, we're all merchants. Exactly. We're just selling fucking shit by the stockyards. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, we're all just sitting there with our tables out that we all like, you know what I mean? But like one guy used it from rock. One guy did it with string. One guy, you know, took three months to do it. One guy took three minutes. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we're all just like, we all have our tables. Who who wants what we got? Yeah. Like we're making fudge or some shit. Yep. Which is why it's always a good thing to like, you can take a step back and uh, retry how you're approaching things, how you're creating, you know? But... I uh, I gotta start getting to this show I gotta host in Etobicoke. Okay, let's do it. I know this is a long podcast, dude. We, we were almost two hours. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so great. much. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to do it again. And come do uh, our High on Trees podcast. Fuck yeah. I should do a, a little plug. Yeah. Well. Oh uh, yeah, it. do it. It's the High on Trees podcast. So anywhere like Spotify or anything like that. Yeah, I never. What thought is I'd the be podcast? podcast? So it's just me and Natish, and uh, we. Uh, we do it at a live audience. So we do it at the corner in a, comedy club. In a comedy club, yeah. In a comedy club. And um, we, uh, it's like a private show. So like we invite people, right? And like if they listen to our podcast, you just got to be there before 10, um, which is the invite. And then we lock the doors at 10 because we smoke weed inside. And we have sponsor, like Astro Pink sponsors it. So we like, you know. Dude, that's awesome. Make sure that there's like weed for everyone. Fuck yeah, thing. man. And stuff. Well, yeah, you need to come do it very soon. I'm excited. It's so much fun. And again, we literally kind of like this, like we have no, no plan. Audience will guide you a lot though. Cause you know, we're comedians. So we're hungry for like, so it does stay funny. That's one thing. Oh yeah. You're is, looking. Um, Cause yeah. And when something doesn't work, you'll hear it. Cause you won't get a laugh and stuff. So we're like all kind of out there, but we still just have conversations. It's really cool. You're, I promise you're gonna have a lot of fun. Oh man, I bet. See, yeah. that's the thing with like podcasting. I think it's like music. It's like stand up. It's like your approach doesn't have to be uniform the marketing mm-hmm. has a system yeah like you said like hey do this and this works in stand-up yeah marketing it does but like you know everyone uh is like, what's the podcast about what's the podcast about it's like i don't know man i think i just accidentally stumbled on a bunch of cool people we just wanted to we you were like about doing a show <laughs> where we were co-hosting at the same time where we were like we, we just started doing a show and we're like oh what if we just go on stage at the same time for like 
20 minutes and we just keep doing it together. And we realized like week after week, we're like, we weren't struggling. Like we would just come up and we would just talk and we were doing good. And then I was like, this is essentially just a podcast. So we're like, why don't we do a podcast? And the thing that stopped me from doing a podcast so much is like, truthfully, I don't listen to them. So like, I don't know if you could create something it's only podcasts and stand-up or like i don't i don't watch stand-up either you don't watch stand-up no i don't, no don't watch people specials i don't really like it either when people yeah. recommend something like i don't really like it crazy you know there's like three guys a year that i'll like watch and enjoy who are they you know like i like like i mean i patrice o'neill is my favorite of all time he's the, one of the best but like if bill burr or dave chappelle drops something i'll watch it of course you know and then uh just other than that in the past like five years i just thought rory scoville had a really really good special he's funny and that actually made me laugh other than that like it's just i'll never do it i never watch it but i create it but podcasts i just didn't even see why anybody would like listen to it i know it sounds people bad, love long-form conversation but they i forget interesting conversation with interesting people so it's such a thing that like and i never noticed is. until we've been doing it for a year where like it's so crazy that like cool we just did it and we posted it and i don't think about it and then all of a sudden people start being like coming to your shows and like, Hey man, I'm a big fan. You're like, yeah. Oh, where have you seen me perform before? They're like, I haven't They're like, I listened to your podcast. When that first started happening, I was like, but you've never seen me perform. Yeah. And I'm like about you. to do, I like you. I'm about to do 45 minutes. It's like, you like, you think I'm funny on the podcast when I'm just talking. You haven't seen me do a tight 45 yeah. buddy. Exactly. If you like me, I'm about to blow your mind. Exactly. I'm about to have a fan for life. And that dude, that's what this all is. And that's literally now I get it. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. That's the episode. Subscribe, like it, whatever you can do to support it. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs>